There's something magical about unboxing. When you unbox BritBox, you uncover a world of British entertainment. Stream the UK's most brilliant series, including new and upcoming seasons of Shetland, Father Brown and Death in Paradise. Plus new originals like Payback, Irvin Welsh's Crime and Archie, the story of Hollywood's greatest leading man, Cary Grant. Unbox BritBox and escape to the best of British TV. Stream with a free trial at BritBox.com. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I don't need no wine and dine. I want something high class. Like spending my nights at home romancing the podcast. Take a deeper dive into these movies that are trash. trash. Me once in a bookstore and then we'll smash. Roll call. Thank you for tuning into Romancing the Pod. You had us at hello. I'm Paige Wesley. I'm Mikey Randolph. And I'm Todd Schlosser. And this week, Tabitha made us watch Leap Year. Although, can we just say it really should be called Leap Day, right? It shouldn't be called Leap Anything. They forget about the leap part halfway through the movie. Facts. That is true. I, I do feel like this film feels like a long year. <laughs> So you're saying you're not a huge fan of it, Mikey. I'm saying when you watch paint dry, <laughs> if it's your thing that you painted, you have an investment of like, I hope that paint comes out okay. I did not feel that for this. <laughs> okay. It's a very strange metaphor, but okay. I'm saying that watching paint dry at my house is more, I'm more invested in that than this. Well, because you own the house, Mikey. Yeah. Which, oddly enough, I now own this movie. Well, yeah. God. You told us in the chat that you liked it, and we're like, you traitor. It's only, it is only 99 cents more than renting it. I also own this film, Hell and I yeah. hate that oh, I do. Oh, Hell yeah. Every year, we're holding screenings in your pool. Everybody's in by invited. I'll tell you guys. I'll tell you. I watched this once before, because I like romantic comedies or whatever. Same. Although, I haven't seen this one before. This is my first time. Absolutely hated it the first time I watched it. Really? You hate this movie i hate this movie <laughs> man i love this movie i feel like this movie hits it hits a space you know when jesus said that like if you're ice cold or you know warm but you're lukewarm so i spit you out of yeah. my mouth yes this, i know what you're talking this about this film is lukewarm it's not bad enough to be good it's not good enough to be good it's just in a level that is disgusting and i hated it <laughs> it is what you would call like the uncanny valley like it's a movie, yes, but it's not great and it's not bad, so it's this weird middle ground. Yeah, I, I would argue that it's a weird, it's a weird travel slideshow of Ireland. I don't know that I would call it a movie. It feels like a page. May- should we reveal what we both wrote in our notes? Not yet. Let Mike okay. finish, and then we'll go. Yeah, okay. let, let me finish. It feels like a like a Netflix or Hallmark Irish film. Yeah. It does. But terrible. But it's all, I mean, like, those are also terrible. But this is aggressively mediocre in a way that, you know, I don't think Ireland deserves independence because of this film. I 
honestly don't know much about Ireland's politics that didn't also happen in the Liam Neeson movie, Michael Collins. So I don't think I'm qualified to speak on their independence. But I sort of loved this movie, but like a lot of for the similar reasons, because it is. It is the same movie you've seen a million times. It's the trope of is it? girl has to go find her man or man has to go find his girl. And then they are partnered with their preferred sexual preference and they fall in love with that person while going to find their actual fiance or boyfriend or girlfriend or whatever. Like there's a bunch of those movies and this is... I think a very fun, lazy version of that because this director like just wanted to go see Ireland. So he went to the blacklist and bought the cheapest rom-com script he could find and found and replaced the setting to a place in Ireland. And I love that about this movie. And honestly, it's beautiful. Like the scenery is beautiful. It, is it? Because I feel like this movie is shot so mediocrely yep. that yep. it makes yep. Ireland look ugly. And it made Ireland to look boring. Yes. <laughs> oh, I thought it was beautiful. Y'all are crazy. It's, here's the thing. I know Ireland is in actuality beautiful. It is not beautiful in this film. <laughs> the thing, so the reason I wrote the note we sort of both wrote, Paige, was because of like some of like the landscape shots are like, I thought they were great. Like I, I literally thought to myself, I got to go to Ireland at some point. You've been, haven't you? No, I went to UK, Scotland, not Ireland. I want, I'm want. i going to Wales in April, but... Oh, okay. Got to go to Ireland. Look, it's just, it's just so bad. It's just so... <laughs> like, Amy Adams is so charismatic, but yet they drained... Her, like, it's like she... There's a gun to her head outside the camera making her read the lines. Well, just also, her character is so unlikable. She is very unlikable. There's no chemistry between the leads. Not at all. It's it's <laughs> it's just so mediocre in a way that... It, and, like, none of the jokes land. They, and they don't even land in, like, a... This is so bad it makes me uncomfortable oh. and laughs a lot. It was just like yep. I yep. I I so much have to disagree with you on the, the jokes don't land. There's a joke in this movie that if someone said that in that context, I would stand up and slow clap them out of the room. Just because of like the presence of mind it would take someone who has just been emotionally broken after flying 3,000 miles to make the worst decision in her life. Like the presence of mind for that to go so poorly that she thinks the dude she wants to be with just fucking walked out of the room when she confessed her love. And then having the presence of mind to be like, I guess that's an Irish no. Uh, and I was like, I booed. Fuck yes. I booed. I love it. <laughs> I agree. That was one of them that I thought of when I was like, this is bad. It's so fucking funny to me that she would say that in that moment. That was one of the worst jokes in this movie. I loved because it. Because it's, it's not. so funny. No, Todd, because it only works in the context of a binary of the phrase that's known, right? Like, it's Irish goodbye is the phrase that everyone's familiar with. I know, You Paige. can't just be like Irish no. That doesn't, it would have to be Irish hello or Irish goodbye. Irish no means fucking nothing. Also, it would be insane to see that in the real, like. like oh, if I was in that restaurant, yeah. I would be like just slowly eating and watching the whole thing, 100%. It's like the combination of, I really, like, I don't know the facts of the case or anything. This is all headcanon for me. But, like, 
the director just finding a rom-com and finding and replacing the setting with Ireland. And then also like trying to build up to a moment that is very formulaic in every rom-com like this. And just like a low energy putting in a joke in that moment to me was so funny. It's not even a joke, Todd. It's not even a joke. To call that a joke is too much. <laughs> I thought it was awesome. If your if your movie is going to be this bad, the sex scenes need to be outrageous. What sex scenes? Exactly, Todd. Mikey, they kiss once in a in a situation where like they sort of had to, like I get it, but <laughs> they they kiss one other time at the end, right? That's it. Yeah. Like they don't have sex. I'm tell but that's what I'm saying. I'm like I've never seen Amy Adams soaking wet and been so unsexual. Like, like I've never, like, there's just everything in this movie screams like asexual. I, I don't like it's. I don't. I don't even know. What you're, like, I don't even know how to describe. I it. I do sort of think this movie is not interested in sex at all. This, yeah, like, no, this movie is like two <laughs> friends who are really boring. You know what I'm saying? I predicted the movie from moments in. Of course. And I was never again surprised or no, anything. Of course. Which I'm fine with. I'm fine I'm not, with that. I'm not fine with that, but okay. But that is like the formula of movie. That's what I mean. Like they are, we are doing that movie. Here is the Ireland version of that, low effortly written. And I thought that shit was hilarious. I, I could, it was driving me nuts because I'm like, look, if you're going to do planes, trains, and automobiles in a world where planes, trains, and automobiles fucking, fucking exists, they have to either have so much chemistry that you're like, why the fuck would she even go to Dublin? Like, of course, stay with this man that looks suspiciously like an owl. And once you see it, you can't unsee it. But no, there's no. Ke right. Todd? You just, are you talking right, about Scott? Holy shit. You broke my mind. No, I'm talking about the other guy. Matthew. Good. Look at his face. All I see is owl. He has owl ancestors. Hang on. Google it. Anyway. If you're going to do that, they have to have so much chemistry that it overrides the fact that we all know what's going to happen. Because otherwise, I have no reason to watch this movie. I'm like, this is no new information. They're not interesting. Literally, it's almost like nothing happens. That's why I felt like it was a slideshow. It was just pictures of Ireland in front of my face. And it was beautiful. I know nothing about the main characters except that he likes to cook. That's because they don't tell us anything. Exactly. They had no conversations. I didn't realize he was a chef. I thought he just owned a bar slash inn in rural Ireland. Well, I thought she made a joke about it, but he became one while she was engaged. And he killed their pet in the process. Like that, that's what they pet? set up. It, he just randomly killed a chicken without asking. And oh. you have no idea what their relationship with that kitten chicken was. Sorry, I thought you meant Amy Adams and his pet. You mean like the B&B yeah. owner's pet. Yes, he does murder their pet. Yeah. I was fully waiting for them to be like, Gladys? And then served it as dinner, Paige. Horrifying. <laughs> that was my favorite part. It was the most action that we saw in the film. It was the most action we saw in the film. But here's the thing. It's like, literally, and, and I, I know, again, I know Ireland's beautiful, but I didn't want to just sit and look at pictures of Ireland for an hour and a half. 
Why would I do that? Especially not even shot well. It's shot okay at best. In fact, a, a huge portion of it is green screened and obviously green screened to the point where it's distracting to watch and it's all color corrected yellow for some reason. And I'm like, why would you do that? Oh, Ireland is known for being fucking green. <laughs> like, like the what final are we shot doing? or whatever when they're on the cliff's edge. Yeah. Oh, every it's shot like the fucking Shire, the whole thing. <laughs> no, because the Shire looks better. Like, that's that would be New bonkers. Zealand. Yeah. Although Ireland, Ireland very Shire like. Yeah. But like that, that color correct. If you color corrected this to look like Lord of the Rings, it would look better because right. It's a weird. And they're trying to go for like every hour is magic hour and trying to adjust the lights to that. No, it just looks bonkers. This whole movie. She's washed out the entire time. <laughs> if she were, if she's wearing a stitch of makeup, you can't tell because it's just all a wash. When I tell you the production budget, you're going to be so mad. Because this be looks furious, like it was shot sure. on DSLRs. Yes, it does. At a budget where it, they could have shot it on film. Like they could have. Yes. Th anyway, we'll talk about it when we get to the yeah, box yeah, yeah. office. Sorry. But yeah. What do y'all think about her wild transatlantic accent, I think? Uh, that doesn't bother me as much. I she honestly don't know how she normally sounds. Like She's like, hello, I'm here to look for someone in Ireland. Yes. I, I mean, I just chalked it up to her her character being real annoying. Like, they give us nothing to like about her. It's bonkers. I love Amy Adams in this movie. Found her super charming. She's great. I love what it. What is wrong with you? She is actively almost a villain in this movie, Todd. I know, but that's like... No, she is a villain. In the trope that we are watching be played out in Ireland, she was always going to be the villain. Adam Scott, like I literally wrote in my notes, Adam Scott seems kind of nice, but they're together at the beginning, so he's probably a dirtbag because that's the trope. Well, he was a dirtbag at the end. They don't make him enough of a dirtbag no. to make us hate him, and they do it at the wrong time, so it's paced crazy. But also, if this is planes, <laughs> trains, and automobiles... She's Steve Martin, who is not a villain. He's just frustrated. And that's what this movie completely misunderstands, where they give her such unlikable traits that you're like, no one should want to travel with this, with this woman. She is a nightmare. And not just like a fun, quirky nightmare, like in Romancing the Stone, which is also basically this movie. That's a version that works, right? Where it's like, yes. bad situation, you're frustrated because of the bad situation. This one, she, first of all, created her own bonker situation that she now has to get out of. And she is a fucking nightmare to every single person who tries to help her. On top of it, the whole movie is based on this thing of like, women can only ask people to marry them one day out of the year. I was like, fuck you, they could ask any day. <laughs> this is so stupid. Let's not go that far. Women? Agency? I don't think so. Paige, please, this is 2010. I don't care. Once every four years <laughs> is enough. No, Paige, I completely agree. What? I do think, so like, if that is an actual Irish tradition, that's awesome. Love it. Cool. I don't know that it is. I've never heard of that, but cool. I like it. I would even like it, like, if she actually did that. And, like, the movie ended up with her proposing to someone on Leap Day because they're playing up the trope, at least, that it is a tradition or whatever. But they then don't do that. It is it is a real tradition, and it's okay. linked to a historical event. Cool. But it's not just that only day. Like, in, in history, it was that only day. But now it's like you would do it, like, symbolically on that day to honor St. Bridget of Kildare. But whatever. But also, like, just propose whenever the fuck you want like 
whether whatever yeah. sex you were born like i don't think that that matters yeah anymore but like yeah i did yeah. think the premise was kind of cute how did they trick john lithgow into coming for 10 minutes god the fact that they got johnny lithies in this movie for like they literally were like john all your scenes are in a bar and he was like i'm there all your scenes are in a bar you have three <laughs> lines and then later in the movie we're gonna find out via her exposition dump in the middle of a chicken coop that you are basically breakdance dad, which is the new TikTok scandal. And then we're never going to come back to it uh, for your reference, because I'm the one who has to inform Mikey and Todd about all TikTok scandals. Sorry, I forgot that like she totally shits on Jonathan Lithgow at the the chicken coop scene. That's fucking awesome. Please, yes, tell me about Step Dance Break Dance Dad or whatever. Break, it's Break Dance Dad. Tell me everything. Also, if you are a TikTok person and you're listening, just let I'm just letting you know. I already told them about Risa Tisa, so they know Break Dance Dad is the new one. Breakdance Dad came about because this one girl posted a TikTok in like intending to start a thread, basically, and was like, "Hey." If you have trauma in your life that's actually kind of funny now that you have distance from it, let me know. Here's mine. My dad left my mom with four kids with no, like, basically he didn't have any custody. He just left their family to become a semi-professional breakdancer. Yeah, and he's like 60 years old. Yes, and he's like been on TV. The thing with TikTok is I saw this a week ago on Reddit. That's right. Like, Yeah, that's where, like, yeah, because they post, they cross-posted. They that do. dude yeah. made a rebuttal. So, like. He breakdance dad is like shows up and is like, no, I mean, I did leave them, but whatever. And he's in a full dress shirt with Bitcoin logos on it. In case you're wondering what kind of douchebag that <laughs> in guy In case is. you're wondering what this con artist is up to nowadays. <laughs> yeah. And, and people are like, so wait, you really left your family to become a breakdancer? And he's like, I've been on TV. <laughs> I was just like, but that sounds like when she's like, yeah, my dad, John Lithgow, tried to open like a mobile hotel or all these different things and just wasted our money. It wasn't a mobile hotel. And I I, want to remind you, this is 2010. She's probably 25. Right. So this was probably 10 years ago in the year 2000. Yeah, when when she was like a teenager. Yeah, exactly. That dude, her dad wanted to start a mobile blockbuster more or less. Like they don't say that. But she says a mobile video rental store. Like I can't imagine a worse business model and or time for that business. And then she had to support the family with her money. Yeah, with her two jobs. I thought about that today when I was renting this film. (laughs) I was like, who do I want to give my money to? The corporate overlords at Amazon or the corporate overlords at Microsoft or the corporate overlords at Apple? And I was like, you know what? Maybe Blockbuster shouldn't have gone away. Well, I mean, they should have. <laughs> I don't think they were ever caught up with like, you know, who's getting the uh, who's rewinding the cassette tapes? Child labor. <laughs> no, but there were other things. There's some really interesting documentaries about it. About Blockbuster? Did y'all not watch the Blockbuster documentaries? Of course I did. I don't know why we're talking about it. <laughs> oh. oh, okay. I was because I was like, what? Those are super interesting. They are. <laughs> anyway, all this to say, this movie had not enough of anything. I agree with Mikey. It's not good enough to be enjoyed because it's good. It's not bad enough to be enjoyed in a cringe way. And it made Ireland look yellow. And Matthew Good looks like an owl. I'm not saying he's not attractive. He just definitely looks part owl. Paige would fuck that owl. Counterpoint to what Paige just said, though. Sort of love the low effort nature of this movie. And honestly, would love to see the director's slideshow when he got home. <laughs> I think we did. <laughs> I think that's what this was. I don't think he color corrected this. He was like, I saw Amy Adams on vacation. <laughs> Mikey. 
I heard what you said. I don't think they color corrected anything in this movie. No, they absolutely did. And they did it badly. If you tell me in fun facts that they didn't film in Ireland, I would believe you. <laughs> they filmed on a green set. I mean, that could be. There, because there's some there's a lot green of screen in this wild movie. green screen in this <laughs> no, film. There is. Really and bad. I, I guess my point to the the color correcting page is there is no color palette to this movie. There's not a cohesive color palette. It's it's there isn't intentionality thought into the color scheme of it, which you should if you're going to be showing off greenery. Like I think they do, it, but it they looks like not. your friends on. Like posted a photo on Facebook. It looks like my grass outside. It looks bad. <laughs> but like, here's the thing. It, in like, it reminds me of in film school when people are first learning how to edit and they just edit each shot and they don't really think shot to shot to try and make the shots match. Yeah. And so every shot looks okay on its own, but then together it all doesn't. Th this movie absolutely did that. They did not have a cohesive color palette. To contrast to Rye Lane last week, that was like chef's choice beautifully shot. This, it was. not at all. Yo, Rye Lane is a fucking baller movie. If you didn't listen to that episode because you didn't, remember, didn't watch the movie, watch the movie and then listen to the episode because it's a great fucking movie. Oh my God. There's even worse green screen than I thought because <laughs> I just pulled up fun facts to double check and I was like, I thought they did film in ireland but i'm just gonna double check while mikey is bringing it up and uh that castle they climb up to uh first of all the one that they walk when they're walking around it they just found a random ruin and had them walk around but when it's on the hill they just cgi'd that in oh, they just course. cut and pasted a picture of a castle yeah. onto that hill like yeah it's it's pretty low effort like it, it, yeah okay it's real do bad. you know how this movie is shot with cameras it looks like teletubby land oh <laughs> mikey you're right Oh my god! It just needs a baby son. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just doing the like <laughs> that the son does randomly. It looks like it. Oh my god! Get me to the capital of Teletopia. I've got to meet my fiance. <laughs> I have a very important question to ask you guys. That's like on track at least. Okay. Do you think Declan and uh, Kaylee, the night that uh, Adam Scott and Amy Adams get engaged when he meets her at the bar and he gets the ring back. Do you think he also tore that up from the floor up that night? Ooh, I that's a good question. I think like the rest of this movie, it was aggressively mediocre. <laughs> <laughs> but so but I guess the answer to my question is yes, they did have sex. I don't I know. I mean, maybe I don't know. She looked like she was down when she got to the bar. She she did, and she does come up like, hey, Declan, I never thought I'd see you again. So it does seem that way. And he does get the ring back. And unless she like had it on her, right? he that's what I was back thinking. To her place. Yeah, I was thinking that too. Yeah. She might she might have. She was cute. <laughs> so what Mikey is saying is he would have. Sure. And listen, Mikey, you wouldn't be in the wrong to. The girl you just had a connection with just got engaged and went back to America. I think I think there are some partners who utterly destroy you that even when they return the ring and offer it up, you're going to be like, no thanks. I think I don't want to cry during sex today. Thank you. That could be. I always wait till after. Um, I think that they obviously both of them make a terrible decision at the end of this movie. But everyone does. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But maybe we should just go through it scene by scene so we can, like, get there. Cool. We open on a weird, weird montage that seems solely designed to make us hate Amy Adams <laughs> because it's literally 
her doing the bougiest rich bitch shit possible and then nitpicking people. That's the entire montage. Her being like, I want this fancy apartment. No, do the hem right. No, I need that. No, don't talk to me at the bar. Like, it's absurd. And it goes on for 10 whole minutes. Well, I mean, because... It's not all a montage. Like we do get some exposition and stuff. Yeah. But I mean, all of those scenes are just like longer sections of the montage they just showed us, which is an interesting choice, I will say. Normally you montage into scenes and then you live in the scene. Right. You don't like montage a bunch of scenes that we're about to see later. Yeah. It was wild. It was a real weird, real, real weird choice. Again, I didn't hate it, but you are just like finding out that Amy Adams is like a Boston City girl. She is hoping to get engaged. And for some reason, they cast a bird as her best friend. <laughs> a giant ostrich. Uh, <laughs> I was sad that she was only in this movie for two lines. I was like, no, D, yeah. save us from this movie. <laughs> Me too. I forget her real name. Hang on. Caitlin. Caitlin Olsen. That's what it is. It's, yeah, Caitlin Olsen. If you don't understand what we're saying, Caitlin Olsen is in this movie and she's way underutilized. But probably yeah. because they were like, Caitlin, we're going to film in Philadelphia where you're already going to be for those two days that you're needed on this movie here's a million dollars or whatever her salary was i don't know there's no way it was that much but i would have killed if she would have just walked into that because she's like trying on a dress because she thinks she's going to get engaged that night yes uh and she's just like what up white stains i would have loved that she's actually trying on the dress that she wears later that night yep well she's having it hemmed yeah 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 which is i think bougier than like this is going to be my wedding dress of course i want it to fit perfectly you know what i'm saying like i realize it's a bit premature to have that for your wedding dress not being engaged but it felt bougie to be like hey i have to go to dinner tonight early because i have to stop by my seamstress or a seamster or whatever you call the guy version of that it's a tailor (laughs) this is why we shouldn't start recording at 10 o'clock at night i don't care what his first name is Paige. i care about his profession thank you mikey but i mean here's the thing as a short person who frequently has to have things altered sometimes that's just a part of it but because the movie has set her up as being so exacting and she kicks this tailor twice the tailor Loki hates her and telegraphs to us we should hate her which is yes this is the moment I knew exactly what the plot of the movie was because all of these movies start with a character who needs something in her life that they don't realize right and that is to make terrible decisions with someone you don't really know okay but like let's go through other characters in this kind of a scenario in this kind of movie right steve martin's trying to get home to his family and he can't hang, hang because on. he spent hang no on. more what i have a question sure do steve martin and john candy make out in that movie no but no but they do have more sexual chemistry <laughs> yes and, and it's uh, essentially it's it's the blueprint for this movie of Steve Martin has been a workaholic and has not spent enough time with his family. And now he's desperately trying to get back to them. Right. 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 John Candy (laughs) upends all of it. But then, of course, you find out that John Candy has no family. So he values the connection that Steve that Steve Martin has not because he's a family annihilator. I forgot. Of course. And (laughs) but (laughs) I'm so uh, sorry. That's terrible. That's that's the flip. It happens in every one of those (laughs) movies. Right. So like. Yeah. Because Amy Adams killed her entire family before she came to Ireland. 
Amy Adams is an unrepentant bitch for the first like quarter of this movie. And then we later find out that Matthew Good also lost someone. I think Romancing the Stone's a good analog because we find out that Kathleen Turner is just lonely and doesn't date and is sad and doesn't get out of her own way. And so, but she is likable and compassionate in that way. I would argue that in Romancing the Stone, which I do think is the better version of this type of trope, right? Yes. In Romancing the Stone, the asshole who needs to find something is not uh, Kathleen Turner. It's Michael Douglas. And I think that's better because we're supposed (laughs) to follow Kathleen Turner. (laughs) We're supposed to be following and liking Amy Adams in this movie. And she's kicking Taylor's and being like, oh, I'll have the more expensive engagement ring. Thank you. Yes, we would like this apartment that you actively exclude people from renting i literally my first note is like wow this movie starts off with like a super racist like thing that actually exists where like you have to be interviewed by the co-op board of the apartment building yeah which is hella gatekeepery and you know who commonly gets gate kept out Yes, people of color. They don't address any of those issues. They use that like it's a status symbol of wouldn't you like to live here? (laughs) And I'm laughing because it's like truly terrible and this movie does not even address it. And that to me is so funny. It does sort of feel like this movie was written in like 92. Yes. Because it would be weirder for her to- 18. 1892. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what I meant. I'm so sorry. I, I wasn't clear. You're right. I, I was thinking late 80s, like peak capitalism yeah. chic 80s is yes. where this character belongs because we also we don't learn anything about her except that she's a furniture stager (laughs) which is a real and very valuable job by the way like that's not bullshit they staged my house before i bought it and i thought i I, I have an entry table because i really liked how that entry table looked when they staged that there you go you know who doesn't need a stager at all the entire town of Dingle, where they're going to be living at the end of this movie. She is I essentially know. moving across the country or world. They're, they're famous for their berries. <laughs> <laughs> Have you read Dingleberry Tea Page? It's all the rage. No. Yes. It's disgusting. Thus concludes the jokes I have written for today's episode. <laughs> Dingleberry tea is the tea Ireland sells to England. It sticks with you, Paige. <laughs> That's their marketing. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. <laughs> you can eat it with biscuits. Oh, God. Anyway. Fuck you for the famine. Here's some Dingleberry tea. So all we see of her is. Maybe you should have rotated crops. Oh, jeez. Maybe they shouldn't have systematically killed. God whatever. damn it. It's fine. We... It's fine. It is super late. Yeah, this is not my fault it's mine all we see is her being mean to service workers trying to get this bougie apartment lording her potential expensive engagement ring over her other friend and then kicking a tailor twice and and we're (laughs) twice and we're supposed to be like that's right all we learn about her is that she wants to get married we we don't hear her being like i love him so much and i just can't wait to plan my life with him it is fully a status that she just wants to she wants the ring to have the ring that's it it's nuts at the end of this movie when she leaves adam scott for this dude i was like good for adam scott not that he's like a great dude or anything i do feel like he was a little disconnected from their relationship on some level but he's not a bad enough dude for this movie right he's not great but not like at the end where he's like i just faked being engaged to get the apartment i was like oh that's kind of shitty yeah that is shitty i will agree i also will say 
He doesn't say I just faked being engaged to get this apartment. He says it made me think, why aren't we married? And then I asked you to marry me. That's not terrible. I mean, it could be way worse considering that in these in these scenes, the way I thought this was going to go, because if I was writing this movie, this is what would happen. Right. Her (laughs) that bird she's friends with, Caitlin Olsen. (laughs) She's awesome and a lovely lady. It's just a it's a sunny in Philadelphia reference. Sorry. She tells her that she shot saw him at a very expensive jewelry store with a bag. And that kind of brings her to this like, oh, he's going to ask me to marry me. I thought for sure they were going to go to dinner and there was going to be no jewelry because he was cheating on her. And it was for the mistress. That's what I thought was going to happen. Way to make Adam Scott a villain right up front. And that's honestly what you need for me to want her to fall in love with this other dude. Yes, because then she goes on an eat, pray, love journey of self-discovery and falls in love with an Irish guy. And who hasn't done that? So like, of course... But instead, it's like it's earrings. And then she's like pissed off that he bought her diamond earrings for just because for just because it's not her birthday. He just gave her diamond earrings to be like, I love you. Here's some diamond earrings. This is going to sound insane. I thought this was an incredibly thoughtful gift because it it was not her birthday or Valentine's Day or whatever. He said, you plan so much of our life. And I am so busy. I have a crazy schedule. And I like really appreciate that. So I got you this. Yes. And she, of course, thinks it's going to be a proposal. So I do understand emotionally why she's let down by getting two diamonds and not one. But sure. Like, that's a thoughtful gift. If you want to get married, let's communicate that. Because like at the end of this movie, he who admittedly is like disconnected because he's a surgeon and busy and stuff and has a crazy schedule. Sure. He hadn't thought about that yet. But when he did. He was like, why the fuck aren't we married? I love this woman. Right, right. right. So, like, I, I think that one of the big problems I have about this movie that it makes it laughable to me is that, like, he's a pretty good guy. Like, There's really yeah, not that much wrong with him at all. <laughs> I think he's going to find someone immediately who's, like, not Who's better for him? I, I, I feel like... I do think he's boring. Well, he's sure, boring, I sure. Think, I think he's busy. Yeah, but that's not a reason to just completely leave and cheat on somebody and be mad that they bought you diamond earrings. Paige, that would... Yeah, I, I would be pissed if Natalie did that to me, too. Everyone in this film is unlikable, though. So, like, I want to blame her, but, like, I think the guy is just as unlikable. You, oh, you mean the guy she meets in Ireland? Yes, he yeah. is also not likable. You're only saying that because he's, like, an asshole the whole time. Yeah, he's an asshole. The whole time, Andy looks like an owl, and I just like once I saw it, I couldn't unsee it. Looks like an owl, Paige. Don't you shake your head at me, Mikey? It's like when Mikey thought that Jacob Elordi looks like the Green Goblin. (laughs) This is my Green Goblin. Is that Matthew Good kind of looks like an owl? We can't talk about that anymore. We got to cease and desist from Goblin Corp. No. I think you mean Oscorp. If you, I, I can't even, I can't even like deal with this guy. Who Todd? Yeah, who Todd? <laughs> Him being an owl who turned into a person would make sense since he doesn't know how to treat other human beings. And he's always coughing up bones. <laughs> well, he does kill that. He kills the chicken. He kills that chicken. And here's, I, I do want to say, look, here's the, I understand that in order to eat chicken, you have to kill them. I'm not dumb. I don't have to. Here, I don't. Here's the thing. 
it is also like a farm. So I understand that maybe those would have been chickens for them to eat. We, that is not established, though. It's not established. At no point does he clarify that with them. He doesn't ask them. That might have been one of their laying chickens. And now they come out and they're like, there's no eggs. They're going <laughs> like, to have no eggs for the winter. He just picked up a random one and killed it. I was like, you should have checked first. That would be like me walking next door. My neighbor has five chickens. And I just snatched one up, broke its neck, and served them their chicken, Paige. Yeah, that, that was bonkers to me. I would never do that to my neighbors. I barely know them. I, I think they probably had that conversation off camera, which is a poor choice. But, like, they should they had that conversation. They should have just included that part. We have chickens out back. Yeah, yeah. If they had just said we have chickens out back, I then I would have been like, of course. Then, yeah. You know, she's going to be grossed out, but, like, that's how you get chicken. Anyway, I was more worried that they were going to be like, Mr. Cluckers on the table. <laughs> like That would have been hilarious, and I would have loved it. I also don't think Paige knows where you get chickens. Um, from the freezer section? <laughs> I actually did sort of think that was funny because, like, that's where I get my chicken, you know, because, like, I have a grocery store. But don't chickens come from eggs, Paige? Like, I mean, they do. Well, which came first? Doesn't, doesn't like, a, doesn't like a, a mama chicken lay the egg and then the rooster comes in and, like, gives that egg the business? <laughs> I don't Life finds a way. <laughs> think that that's how it happens. I right? don't know enough to know about that. Is that how it happens? I think, I think fertilized I think, inside the chicken. No, I I one hundred percent. It is just the rooster coming up next to it, like bark, 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 bark. No, no, no. Yeah, no. I've been You're, feeling cocky lately. <laughs> fried chicken thighs and a breast <laughs> meat. And if you want biscuits, baby. <laughs> I'm gonna fuck that egg. <laughs> weird, weird. Anyway, Mikey, you were saying. Now all I'm doing is picturing the rooster from Robin Hood the cartoon singing this song right before he enters an egg. You can't Robin enter an egg. It would crack. Okay, this whole conversation. Robin Hood and Little John. Rock what if it was Rockadoodle? <laughs> is that a musical? He does have a guitar, Paige. Cockadoodle, sunny day. You big old little rain cloud. Not cry out loud with his voice of mine. How are you not going to fuck that rooster if you're an egg? You know what I'm saying? That's the sexiest rooster I've ever seen. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Mikey, you know that's how eggs happen or chickens happen. Come I'm, on. like, really confident that's not how they happen. Oh, are you a farmer all of a sudden? Did you go to school for animal husbandry? It's called husbandry, bro. I think basic critical thinking has led me in this path of saying that you can't fuck an egg. I... <laughs> We'll fuck an egg tonight. I'm going to prove you wrong. <laughs> Gwyneth Paltrow has tried to sell me many jade ones, ones, and I'm pretty sure that I'm supposed to, like, pop them up in there. I can't. Now all I want to see is someone, like, animate that. The rooster from the- I don't want to see that. Uh <laughs> no, I mean, like, as a bit, like, having the rooster from Robin Hood, who already plays guitar, like, serenading an egg. Anyway, it w it's just a ridiculous thought. And in truth, I don't fucking know when they fuck them. <laughs> <laughs> this is a weird intrusive egg thought. It's kind of like that I think you should leave sketch where he plays the egg video game and he's like, does this egg have a bush? <laughs> Inappropriate to watch pornography at work. <laughs> well, you can watch a little pornography at work. You can't though. Don't. <laughs> you can't. You can't. You are looking at a nude egg. Anyway, so Amy Adams seems materialistic and not great for most of the movie. It's kind of weird. Anyway. But so she talks to her dad before dinner, John Lithgow, Johnny Lithies, 
and he's like, I'm an alien, but I'm a human. Like, you know, <laughs> full third this rock. This is a little after third rock from the sun, but like, you know. Not too long after, but yeah. he's like, hey, there's this weird tradition in Ireland where if you ask, you like you as a lady can ask a man, a manly man who normally gets to make all the decisions uh, to marry you on leap day. Did we mention this movie was written in 1892 originally? Yeah, 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 yeah. Because <laughs> he is like, that is... That is what he's saying. Yeah. And he's like, grandma did it or whatever. Like she yeah. popped the question on a granddad and he, she sorted it out all on leap day. Yeah. Which I think, okay. And they got married. I think, yeah, exactly. I think that it's a super cute premise for a movie. I think that it goes without saying that you should be able to propose at any point, no matter your gender or whatever. But if like your grandma did it and like you wanted to get married and you were like, well, fuck it. He's going to be in Ireland. I'm going to honor Granny, and I'm going to go propose. Like, that's all I need for the movie. I don't need two minutes of Jonathan Lithgow saying, it's the one day of the year that women are allowed to do this. Like Because that's <laughs> everyone focuses on, like, women are allowed that day. Right. And here's the thing. her We established that her grandma did it, right? Yeah. How much better would this movie be if she was just like, I'm going to take life by the horns. I'm going to do what my grandma did. I'm asking, right? Like, I'm going to do it. And she's kind of following in her grandmother's footsteps, but realizes she wants something different. Sure. And that's actually a part of it. I would have been way more into that movie instead of her being like, this is the one day I'm allowed. And what do you mean there's a storm in a place that rains all the time? And I was just like, <laughs> girl, it's Ireland. Yeah. It's like one of the wettest places there is. Uh, besides Todd's mom. Boom. <laughs> oh, boom. Oh, your mom is pleasured and sexually aroused. I think you're making a joke, but like, those sound like good things as long as I'm not around and it's consensual. Your mom's needs are met. Okay, I do want to point out, they kiss in this movie at the dinner table and that's like, oh my God, they have so much chemistry. Wait, save it, it, save it for the scene. Yes, save we it, save it for the scene because we're going to talk about Chewies when we get there. Let me just say this then because it's related. Once they kiss, the next line of dialogue is, it's really wet. It is. Because he, it cuts to them in the bedroom and he's back in the shower. Right. And I thought that was a funny transition. Anyway. I didn't because I was disgusted about how that kiss looked. They looked like siblings. Like they were. Looked terrible. Like the maybe the worst kiss yeah, I've ever seen on screen. There was no queso on that table. And so it was inappropriate. Do you get it, Todd? <laughs> I mean, not only do I get it, I saw the meme you sent us. And it did look a little I, like that. I, like, was, I was taking a shit and then scrolled up to that reel and then that camera turned back to that guy. I've got my Instagram algorithm like right where I want it. Yours is so much better than Chris's. The shit Chris <laughs> sends me is like, I get you hate your job. Like the shit that you send me is like, man, Mikey's in some dark places and they are funny algorithms. <laughs> like, are you all right? Shit, like... It started sending me these like long reels and you cut this out, Natalie. It's whatever. This like long reels and then like 45 seconds later, it's like a 9-11 joke and I lose my shit every time. <laughs> Dude, the one you sent me, the one you sent me of like video game, like <laughs> video game. No, no, this is a long time ago, Mikey. That one was oh. nuts too though. The, uh, it was like two kids in a car, obviously on like a first date. They probably were like 16, 17. And they like kiss and they have this sweet moment. And then it just cuts to some guy out the car shooting both of them. That's it. Like that's the, that's the whole TikTok. And I was like, 
God damn, that is dark. I'm so glad that mine is just ads for pasties and Jackie is Zabrowski and I talking about how From Couple to Thruple has us in a chokehold. We need to watch From Couple to Thruple, by the way. I've never heard of that, but I need to know everything immediately. It's on Peacock and it's exactly what you think it is. <laughs> Todd, mine's so messed up. Like I go to send it to people and I have to pause because I'm like, who can take this kind of joke? <laughs> You're like, whose day will I not destroy by sending them this? Because I'm like, all right, that group chat, no. That group chat, no. <laughs> the gym group chat, I haven't quite felt that out yet. But like, I feel like my dark humor does not get along with everyone. Because like, I went to the dog park with some of my gym friends. They have a very elderly dog. And they're like, he tries to pretend to be 15 years old. They have a dog, like a middle-sized dog who's 15 years old. And it like tried to jump off a ledge. And uh, and they're like, oh, he's, he just wants to pretend to be young. And I was like, we got to rule out suicide. Just <laughs> 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 dead terrible. silence. Dead silence. No one laughed. That is terrible, Mikey. I would have walked away and laughed. At that joke. Mikey, if I was standing next to you, I would have doubled down and just under my breath been like, wish you could step out from that ledge, my dog. <laughs> you can get all the belly scratches and, and touches on your paws. <laughs> and if you do not want to be leashed again, I would understand. <laughs> Hell yeah, Paige. The lead singer for Third Eye Blind tried to have sex with my girlfriend. Not my current girlfriend. Tried or succeeded? This is back when we were in college. <laughs> the funny thing about his third eye is that it's on his penis. <laughs> Mikey, he said that. <laughs> He's my new favorite singer. I should be famous. <laughs> okay, this is a true story. It was my college girlfriend, and he was... They, they were at the stage where they were, like, on their way back down, and they were touring college campuses or whatever... She ran into him at the local bar, like college bar, and he was trying to pick everybody up. But she was like, he was honestly like really nice, very funny, like, and respectful. Like she, she was like, when I told him I had a boyfriend, we just chatted. He let me alone, you know, more or less. Anyway, it made me like his music more <laughs> that he tried to have sex with my girlfriend. <laughs> He's just walking around with a semi Charmed kind of love, <laughs> <laughs> baby, baby. I actually really like Third Eye Blind. Me too. So... Dude, that album, that specific no album shade, fucking no slaps. It's so good. It slaps. Dude, 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 you want to fuck me? That's all I would be singing <laughs> if I was that guy in that bar that night. Oh, man. He licked Charlize Theron's whole face once. Who wouldn't? I know, right? I can't even blame him for that. I'm like, you had your opening and you took it. Who licked her face? The the lead singer of, of Third Eye Blind licked like up her face. It was there's like pictures of it. I'm pretty sure. I'm Hold good. On. Yeah, all right. Unless she's dressed like Eileen Warnos, I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you mean the only movie where Shirley's Theron's been attractive? Page, yeah, monster. <laughs> Yeah. Late night energies. Yeah. None of this should make any episode and all of it will, I guarantee it. But then I have I was having like a weird thought, like any trucker could become Charlize Theron if they tried hard enough. And then that's not a good logic way to go down, you know? The logic there is a little sound though, Paige. Like As in like if we can <laughs> no, but the fact that Mikey's like, like, she, it's if like we she's can all make that. her that ugly, <laughs> yeah, yeah. and if it was that ugly, if I if I took the female trucker to prom and and got her a makeover, would she look like Charlize <laughs> Theron? Theron? 
Paige, huh? here's the here's the pitch. Okay. It's similar to like those competition reality shows, uh, like okay. The Voice, where it, but it's just you and I, and we okay. pick six truckers each, Great. and we get to make them over, and <laughs> then Mikey has to pick one to marry, and then whoever he picks, whatever team, they get a million dollars. It's ninety mile fiance. Hell yeah! What do I get? A fiance, you ungrateful bitch. Yeah, you get a family, Mikey, which is what you've always wanted. You're welcome. I want a million dollars as well, though. Would you rather have a million dollars or a trucker wife, Mikey? <laughs> a million dollars or a truckosaurus? How dare you bring her up? <laughs> Your brother's murderer. <laughs> Sorry, no, wait, that was truckosaurus. Oh, it is truckosaurus. <laughs> Sorry. Truckosaurus is his wife. <laughs> <laughs> truckosaurus was my dad's name. <laughs> Mr. Truckosaurus to you. Anyway, I'd take the million dollars. <laughs> I know. We should get back into this movie, at least until Netflix calls and they're like, hey, the Lachey's want a word. That's not <laughs> fucked up enough for them. Where do you even drive a Truckosaurus, right? Like, it can't be on regular roads. All I'm saying is he should have killed me when he had the chance because I'm coming. <laughs> We should not be allowed to start recording at 10 p.m. This is why I delay all recordings till then. Because I'm like, I'm gonna make Truckosaurus. They think stink. I'm stupid until 10 o'clock, and then we're all stupid, and they can't judge me anymore. <laughs> Mikey, if you think I believed that you had to wait 40 minutes to get that haircut, you're insane. <laughs> Well, believe it, because she, she was like, I'm so sorry. And I was like, so can I cancel without a fee now? At least once. Do I get to bank one? Yeah. Oh, man. Anyway, so Amy Adams, after hearing her dad be like, women are allowed to do this on one day and not getting proposed to, she's like, I have a great idea. I'm going to spend thousands of dollars on last minute airfare to fly across the Atlantic Ocean. I hope they can't ever get the right to vote, you know? Fuck you. <laughs> We'll vote you out of our island. We don't need you. I mean, this movie was written in 1890, so they didn't for like another 30 years. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of a bummer, really. Well, technically, they really most only, you know, most people only vote every four years, so it makes sense. I vote in local elections. I'm one of those assholes. I know, Paige, and you have suffered enough. Thank you. I suffer. It's just a suffrage joke. It's a joke. Women should be allowed to vote. I, I, I suffer like every year. Yeah. <laughs> Statistically, when they vote, better people win. Anyway. She flies across to Ireland. Yes. Or rather, she ends up in Wales first. Because there's weather. She lands in, like, Cardiff. Yes. Which, I'll be in Cardiff in April. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so, she makes her way over. She can't get all the way there. She's in Cardiff in Wales, and she's like, well, I gotta get to Ireland. And there's like, good luck. There's no way to do that. And so, she gets on a very dangerous-looking boat, which leaves her in Dingle. It looks like a tugboat. Yes. And Dingle may be a real Irish place or a name that an American made up because they thought it sounded like a weird Irish place. Paige, I looked all this shit up because I'm a fucking nerd. So let me hit you with some facts. Is Dingle real? It is. So, but, but. <laughs> you fucking Irish nerd. <laughs> I'm not an Irish nerd. I looked it up because I was interested. Largely because... I was at this point already trying to prove to myself that this is a low effort movie. And maybe this is why I liked it. Cause I like learned things like this. If you were in Cardiff and you ha wanted to take a boat to Cork, you'd have to go about an hour longer around Ireland to get to Dingle. So they overshot it. Oh yeah. By like a lot, by like oh a lot. 
Cork is more on the west coast, which is closer to Dublin. Okay. Dingle is like all the way on the east coast of, like the southeast coast of Ireland. So they are like way off course. Well, there was a storm, so I'll give them that one. You're not going to miss, like they are off course longer or further than from Cardiff to Cork. Like it is <laughs> for them insane. the three hour tour. Yes. They just it is like, insane that they would end up in Dingle. The Skipper and Marianne. <laughs> like that, that's how bad it is. Okay. Yeah. All right. It's insane. Do you think they just picked fun sounding names? I, no, I think that they legit were like, no one's going to look it up. And let's pick a place that's like far enough away and rural enough that it would be believable that this insane stuff from 1890 still happens. Okay. Because Dingle is, it's only four, like, ish hours away from Dublin, but it's in a, it's really rural. Okay. Well, this is about as interesting as the film. (laughs) Well, it's rural. That's how they have their robust berry population, Mike. (laughs) It's those Dingleberries. We're going to have to make some better jokes for him to re-engage, Paige. He's just looking at his phone. Yeah. (laughs) Anyway. At this point in my notes, I just have, is this hot girl planes, trains, and automobiles? And in fact, it was. Yeah. So she gets to Dingle. She walks in heels because she's in heels this entire movie for no reason other than I'm sure they think her legs look nice. But like, that's mean. Don't make her walk around in heels that much. You don't have one pair of flats or like tennis shoes. In your suitcase? Yeah. Yeah. When you're traveling for multiple days. Like I get if she was just going to fly in on the day, propose, stay there overnight and fly back. But, like, she's going to be there for days. She's in heels at the fucking airport. Yeah. She is the heel of the movie. She is. That's true. Okay. I get it. I liked when she gave him the chair. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, she walks into a pub and it's just like, hey, uh, is anyone here? Can I call a taxi service? My Blackberry is dying. And eventually it will fry the Blackberry so they get rid of their phone problem. Yeah. But the bartender's like, yeah, here's the taxi service. And, you know, there's a payphone in the back. She calls. And of course, he answers because he's the taxi service and the only hotel slash inn and the only restaurant around. Yeah. So he's like the only shop in town, more or less. Right. So she's going to stay there. It reminds me of, did either of you watch the documentary Last Stop Larima? No, I did. Oh. Very engaging. Yes, but they have something like this where it was like a hotel that's also the pub and it's like the mm-hmm. only thing in town and there's only like 11 people that live there. It's wild. And who killed one of the residents? Yeah, it's a good documentary, Todd. You would like it. I love docs. Yeah. So she's like, will you drive me to Dublin? And he's like, no, Dublin is terrible. And he's like, I wouldn't drive you there for 500 euros. And so she's like, okay, would anyone else... No, no one's going to go. It's late. So she ends up staying there and he does bring her a sandwich. Now, in this scene, when she finally gets to her room, she's trying to plug in her Blackberry. They didn't do something that was so much easier than what they did. And that was she has proven to not have planned any of this voyage at all. Like she didn't plan well to begin with. And now she's so far off that she definitely can't plan it now. She goes to plug in the phone and I was like, did she not remember the plugs? She did. But like, and that's the thing is I was like, all you had to do is have her try to jam the wrong plug in there. Right. You could have cut 10 minutes out of this. It's just the right plug and it does it anyway, which I found annoying. They truly blame her for something that is not her fault. Yep. But I mean, she does also sort of destroy the room to try and plug it in. So like. Inexplicably, by the way. Yes. Well, the prophecy in Dingle. She is the only woman who comes there in a very long time. There's no women in this film besides her. And Kaylee. There are at the end that come to the bar. Yeah, like there later there's a crowd and there there are women. But she wrecks this room like the Incredible Hulk. Yeah. Like, 
you know, like she ripped out of her shorts and became a werewolf. Like that's how quickly all that furniture is destroyed. I can't judge. I am that clumsy. This has happened to me before. So like <laughs> I have accidentally destroyed a room like this. It's very embarrassing. Oh, you can't come over anymore. I know. I, I tried very carefully not to do that today. I was like, don't. <laughs> like one time I got like a counter, like a like a filing cabinet caught in my pants pocket at work and just dragged the whole filing cabinet all the way down. Like just knocked the whole thing over. <laughs> How does this happen to you? How do you end up with too many crumbs on your shirt and dragging around file cabinets? I just move forward. <laughs> anyway, she does in destroying this hotel room find a picture of him and two other people and he's like give me that that's mine and i was like aha the girlfriend because this movie's very basic yeah so we cut to the next day she's trying to call for a cab and she calls her fiance from that payphone and is like hey i'm here in ireland i'm here to see you i'll be there in a couple days it's it's been kind of a pain in the ass to try and get to you as she's doing that she overhears that the bartender declan owes money to some unsavory types in a blue van because Notice they only had two cars for this movie. One's the red one, one's the blue van that gets used twice for multiple different groups of people. That's funny. So he comes in and she goes up to pack, get dressed. He walks in on her while she's getting dressed. He's like, fine, I'll drive you to Dublin for the 500 euro. And she's like, okay, fine. She goes to get in the car and a black cat crosses her path. And the movie depicts every single Irish person that they encounter as so wildly superstitious that they can't even keep track of their own superstitions. That's one of my favorite things about every local, their thing as a person, their personality trait is superstitious. Yes. Like they don't give any quote local in this movie, any character trait other than that. That's it. It's not the worst. At least they're not all like alcoholics. I think they might've also been that. It's not a documentary, Mikey. (laughs) 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 Take that leprechauns. I have a question. I don't understand why Ireland is famous for whiskey, but also potatoes, and they're not famous for vodka. That's a good question. So there was this blight? That killed the potatoes. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't know. That's a, now, I, you know, But that's at one point. Like, potatoes, aside from the blight, were one of their big major crops, yes? That's why it was such a big deal when they lost them all, right? So, yeah, why didn't they come up with vodka? I think you need the cold, brutal winners of Russia to create vodka. I don't know. I don't drink. I have no fucking idea. Well, uh, just vodka's made of potatoes. So, like, what? Yeah. I mean, it seems like the easier one. Anyway. Who knows? Maybe you do need the cold. I don't know. Anyway, he goes to load her Louis Vuitton suitcase into his Renault 4. And I like that they made him seem dumb enough to not understand that Louis Vuitton was a designer. Like he's lived on Earth for a number of years. It's a very and he's like, she named the suitcase Louis. And I'm like, it literally says it on the suitcase. Like, clearly, it's a fancy suitcase. One could just infer from context clues. Oh, yeah. Like, if that had been my first interaction with that brand, I would have been like, oh, this is just like a bougie brand. Okay, cool. Exactly. But I also, like, sort of love that they call her suitcase Louie throughout the movie. So, like, I'm fine with it. I do, too. That's the one thing in this movie I was like, it's cute. It was cute. Yeah. But they get on the road, and the locals are like, they're going to kill each other. The little, like, Statler and Waldorf of this pub are like, they're going to kill each other. (laughs) So... They get on the road. He's eating a sandwich. She tells him why she's going to Dublin. And I do love that he's like, tell me about your fiance. And she says, oh, he's a cardiologist. And that's the only thing she can tell anyone about him. 
She doesn't know this man. The reason she can't say anything else about him is because he's involved in many lawsuits and the podcast Dr. Death is about to do a season on him <gasps> because he is a cardiologist and he, when he, when his, his buddy calls him at dinner, who is also a doctor and says, hey, I need like a consult. Can you have a look at this? And he, he says, oh, you're going to have to go in through the spine. I don't believe there's a heart surgery where you have to go in through the spine. So like, He's killing people out here. I mean, I'm more worried about the guy who was putting like plastic tubes in people's throats. That's the new Dr. Death or the new TV one. I know the podcast did other ones, but my theory is that in Teletubby world, you can only describe people with one adjective. So there's the pink one. There's the doctor. There's the superstitious one. And then there is the bitchy one and then the single one. And they all go to the machine to get tubby custard. Is pink an adjective? Yes, it's a color. Colors are can be adjectives. Okay. Yeah. Tubby custard. I never saw Teletubbies. I babysat when Teletubbies was popular. Yeah. This is an older sibling kind of conversation to have. Yeah. That's how I saw it was I was babysitting for people who were watching it as infants that are now in college. Anyway. <laughs> So in the car, they're having a conversation. She throws his sandwich out because he laughs about her leap day tradition. And this is some of the worst green screen I've seen in modern times. Like a back projected sketch from Monty Python in the 60s looks better than this. It's wild. I mean, this was 14 years ago. And when I tell you the budget, you're going to be so mad. He was so mad. It's so ridiculous. Somebody stole money. Yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. This was an embezzlement movie. 100%. You 100% could have hired a trailer and mounted a camera for this. You know what I'm saying? Like 100. They had that budget. Well, there you could even do green screen better than this. Like, that's the thing that's driving me nuts. Paige, doing green screen better than this would be cheaper than yes. hiring. Like, yes, absolutely. They But they had budget for the more expensive option. They had money to do the <laughs> craziest version of this, yeah. yes. Or what I would say is probably the right version of this. Like, that's how you're going to capture reality is to do it in the moment. Yes. But, like, they just didn't, and I'm fine with it. So crazy. Anyway, there's a bunch of cows in the road, so they have to stop, and they get out and argue, and she He's like, well, can you move the cows? Like, I'm trying. I'm on a schedule move here. Move the cows. Move, bitch. Get out the way, <laughs> curds and way. Um. So, like, I sort of sided with Amy Adams in this one situation because we could just like shoo them out of the way and then get back on our journey, right? Except that if I mean, cows could hurt you. Technically, they're large. Like, you they know. are big. Cows could hurt you. <laughs> heard <laughs> but like she does herd them off of the road sure they also usually will just pass in their own time and then she steps in a huge pile of shit yeah she she steps in a huge pile of shit and as she leans against the car to kind of try and get it off her shoe the car rolls down the hill and into a tiny bog yeah so the car is now out of it because they started in dingle right and it's only like four-ish hours from Dublin. So they had to get rid of that car quick. Right. Because Ireland, not very big. Yeah. It's not, it's not huge. See, here's this is this is why planes, trains, and automobiles works. The United States, pretty big. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, why romancing the stone works. Jungle, also big. Yeah, Ireland, could she just, like, walk to the other side of it or whatever? Is it, like, Dublin only, like, two neighborhoods down or whatever? <laughs> two neighborhoods it's, down? Hey, Mikey, it's four hours away. So it would be like us driving to Atlanta. Mm. 
or me driving home to see my parents. Yeah. Which is LA to San Francisco for the listeners. Yeah. If I was on a four hour trip and it took three days, I would <laughs> murder someone. Mikey, imagine me and you driving to Atlanta. We get stuck on Mount Eagle because it snowed that night or whatever. Don't say that. And then we have to like fucking planes, trains, and automobile it so you get to Atlantis before before your long lost love gets married. I just wrote a better movie than this. You did. It's a buddy comedy, but I'm here for it. I'm not interrupting. I'm married. Here's the thing. If you're her fiance and she has called to say, hey, I'm in Ireland. I'll be in Dublin in just a few hours. And then you don't hear from her for a day and a half. When do you call the search party? Paige, when she calls him and like says, I should be there in like eight hours or whatever. I'd be like, I rented a car. I am on my way yeah, to I'm get you. Yeah, I'm on the you. way. I'll like, see you I have. A bit. I don't understand why he is like so committed to this medical conference that he doesn't have to fucking be an active participant in. He is there to have a good time and get schmoozed by like equipment distributors and shit. Like I used to go to those conferences he definitely could not have been there for four hours to go get his stranded fiance. They're also aggressively rich. Why didn't he send a car? Yeah. Like, even if he's not going, send a car. Like, what are we doing? Yeah. And she doesn't get a chance to call him until they're gone for two days. And he's like, man, where the hell have you been? It's been I'm like, you didn't call the police? I know. <laughs> She's in a strange country. <laughs> You're not looking for her? Call the American embassy. Yes. This is crazy. Yeah. If you haven't heard from her in like two days, she did. Statistically. And you did it. Yeah. Statistically. <laughs> you don't want to call before three days and seem desperate, though. <laughs> oh, Mikey. <laughs> Anyway, so as they're walking, the same blue van from earlier pulls up, but with different people, because apparently people were embezzling money when they made this movie and <laughs> they steal her suitcase because they act like they're going to give her a ride. I actually. OK, so to address that one thing, I do think it is the same blue van because he does say you don't want to talk to those people yep. or something like that. Um, because he knows who owns that van. And I do think that this ends up being like the teenage kids of the... Of the guy he owes money to? That's possible. Yeah. So like... I'll accept that. That made sense to me. It's weird that we don't see any other cars. <laughs> But, like, the fact that we see this car twice made sense to me. They act like no one in Ireland owns a car. Yeah. Period. In this movie. It's bonkers. They only own... Hold on. Let me Google so I don't so fuck this joke up. You ready, Paige? It's going to be awesome. This joke's going to fucking crush. In the meantime, what do you call something that's Irish and sits outside? Dad? Patio furniture. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, it's because in Ireland, they don't own cars. They only have... Heart stars, horseshoes, clovers, and <laughs> blue moons. moons. <laughs> Pots of golden rainbows and the red they, balloons. Eat tasty red balloons plus crunchy oat cereal pieces too. She actually <laughs> does say, what are you, the leprechaun from Lucky Charms? Actually in the cow scene. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But what if he's the other leprechaun and it's me gold that I'm after and I'm here to speak in limericks and shine your shoes. Well, then when she stepped in shit, he would have hopped to it to shine that shit off her shoe. <laughs> yes. If I was Irish, I would only use one pickup line. I'd be like, you want to see the last snake left in Ireland? 
<laughs> now, Mikey, say it again with an Irish accent. Oh, good luck. Do you want to see the last snake left in Ireland? It's in my pants. <laughs> That's actually not as bad as I thought it would be. Well done. Amazing. It's, it's not good either, but, oh, it's not but as did bad you expect it to it be anything no, other than gibberish? <laughs> Me da and the land. Yeah. <laughs> it's like far and away all over again. And then Mikey pays me to stand outside her house with a recorder so he can be like, oh, it's Pied Piper. I got to go. <laughs> They're driving me snake out. I'm sorry. I'd stay if I could, but it's the flute. It calls. Uh, anyway. You ever seen the movie Bangs of New York? Mikey, I don't know if that's the porn parody version of Gangs of New York. It's definitely Gang Bangs of New York. Come on. That also could be it. Be better at porn titles. I don't know, man. Scorsese porn titles. Like, he gets real artsy with them. In the porn he directs under his pseudonym. Farton Scorsese. Shady? No, it's just Martin Scorgazy. I'm here for that. <laughs> you guys think Ireland's overrated? I think so. No, no, I bet Ireland is super dope. I think Ireland's beautiful and I really fucking want to go. Yeah, it is on it is on my list of places to still go because I have been to England, but Mikey, you need to get off this continent. You need to see more yeah, of the fucking dude. world. I've I've been out of the country. I'll tell you what. That's why I said you need to get off this continent. The continent. White people are white people. It don't matter where you go. It's just White people are white people, but some of them are French, unfortunately. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> she can say that I'm French. Anyway. Hello, Todd. It's Mikey. Hello, Mikey. It's Todd. <laughs> I need to tell you something. Mikey, it's fine. You'll be a great dad. That's We're going to table that. <laughs> but on that table is a delicious factor meal. Yes! What a transition! Oh my God, guys, this actually is a factor ad. That was amazing, Mikey. Mikey here for factor meal. All remains of the pod. Heck yeah. We're going to table it. Delicious, already fresh made meals, never frozen. It takes two minutes to warm up, just like Mikey does. I have a busy schedule. I work all day. I have fun too much. I also work at night. I also have too much fun. And I <laughs> have a problem with words. Yeah, words is one. Uh, <laughs> ordering out is another one. Same. I ordered out tonight. Yes. I literally got, let's just say a factor equivalent meal for Natalie and I, and it was like $48 when it could have been way less with factor. Yeah, and I, I struggle with proportions. In fact, it comes pre-proportioned, pre-prepared, chef re ready. I've used it before. Before they even advertised on the podcast, I used Factor Meals, especially when I was working a lot during the COVID lockdown. I mean, that was the best time to get on board with Factor, except for right now, because <laughs> Factor is giving 50% off to all of our listeners. If they go to factormeals.com slash romancingthepod50 and use code romancingthepod50 to get 50% off. That's code romancingthepod50 at factormeals.com slash romancingthepod50 to get 50% off. That's a good deal. Do it. And they have an easy-to-use app. And they never require me to talk about the app. Mikey, that was the end of the ad. That was the I end know. of the ad. <laughs> I'm, I'm still going. All right, Factor Meals. <laughs> <laughs> 
Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. So they steal her suitcase. They continue walking. They make it to another pub where she's about to make a call to try and get somebody else to drive her the rest of the way because they obviously don't have a car anymore. And Declan's been kind of an asshole this whole time. And who does she happen upon but the guys that stole her suitcase going through her unmentionables. Yeah. And she like busting on these criminals. And she's like, thanks for giving me my shit back. Like, of course that doesn't go well. What are we doing? Yeah. I'm like, girl, you need like you should have like rounded up a couple dudes and been like, those guys stole my shit. Go hit them because you're Amy Adams and you're gorgeous. Like make it work for you. Uh, but Declan comes to her rescue, basically. Well, I mean, he comes in there and tries to, like, talk them into giving Louie back to her, and then they start throwing punches, so, like, he kicks their ass, Paige. Well, sort of. They both kick enough ass that the bartender is alerted, and he's like, get out. But at least she has her stuff back. Yeah. Everybody get out. She has her stuff back. They walk to a train station, and I love that the train conductor guy, or the engineer, I don't know, but he's like, oh, you're just in time for the train to Dublin. It leaves in two hours and 43 minutes. But the funny thing is, it really leaves in like 11 minutes. 20 like, minutes, yeah. Like, <laughs> they set her up here so bad, and it's so funny to me. So bad. But it's fine. To pay her back, they make her slide down a hill in her in her pencil skirt and blouse. Yeah, I'm. hey, she probably got hurt. Those Rocky Hills. She, man, and she does, I think she did that stunt, quote, unquote. And she also has a scene where she, like, is supposed to be checking him out. It's actually in a little bit. Yeah. But she, like, walks her head into the wall. Yeah. And she does it. Like, you see her head hit the wall pretty hard. Like, I have a lot of respect for, like, actors who will do that kind of shit. Even though that wall is probably styrofoam? No, I mean, that's like an actual house they're in, right? Like, I don't know. Oh, in the house as opposed to the castle? Yeah, yeah, no, it's not the castle. It's back when they're, it's like when they clean up after they both get, like, muddy here. Yeah, that castle was one or two steps above the ruins where Inigo Montoya and the Dread Pirate <laughs> Roberts sword fight in Princess Bride. Over the cliffs of insanity! The cliffs of insanity! It's, if you ever watched the old BBC versions of the Chronicles of Narnia, oh. it looks how every castle looks in those ones. Yeah. Especially yeah. when they climb up to the, quote, top. Yes. Like that shot where all you see is like one little pillar. Yes. And them, and then just like, Fake ass sky. Yeah. I have some rope up here, <laughs> but I do not think you would have set my help because I'm only waiting around to kill you. I watched it recently. I love that movie. Paige, we all should. We all should. It holds up. Anyway, so he's like, oh, hey, there's a super famous castle. It's only like 15 minutes to get up there. You want to walk over or do you want to sit here for like two hours? And she's like, okay, fine. Begrudgingly walks up there with him. And then he tells this like fun Irish story that's a ripoff of Helen of Troy. And then like. I literally wrote that in my notes too. I was like, this is basically like Helen of Troy, right? Except there's no war, but like. Right. Yeah. Right. It's basically that. Yeah. And I was just like, all right, this is, you know, but it's one of those things where it's like, 
other than her kind of like, oh, like the night before her engagement, because that story went in one ear and out the other for me. And I'm like, this is not even an interestingly shot monologue and there's no chemistry. So at a, like a certain point, he goes through like two or three arches of this air quotes castle. And I was like, oh, I tuned out. Was he telling her the story of Helen of Troy? No, it's shot like Spy Kids. <laughs> no, Spy Kids is a delight. <laughs> it does not hold up. But. May have had a similar budget to this movie. Oh, good night. Anyway, but yeah, I mean, the story is so we can get it on paper. Yes. There is a like young woman who is promised to marry this like warlord because it's like a long time ago or whatever. Sure. Who sure, is sure. like her granddad's age. The night she's supposed to get married, she falls in love with someone who's like more age appropriate. Mm-hmm. And she like puts everybody to sleep and then they go off together or whatever. That's like the story. Right. There's no war, but it's like the Helena Troy story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, you know, she doesn't want to marry Agamemnon and Brad Pitt exactly. has to get pulled into it somehow. Anyway, so while they're up there and the movie is desperately trying to make us feel like they have chemistry in this moment, they don't. Uh, but they hear the train and so they're like, oh no. So they run down to the tracks and they just miss the train on Forch. Yeah. And she rolls down the last like half of that hill covered in mud. She slides like on her back for a while in some, in one shot. I was like, yeah, damn. And cause it looks like she's doing that. Like that, that had to suck. Yep. But the, the guy who works at the train station takes them to a little bed and breakfast where the owners of the bed and breakfast are like, oh, good. We actually do have room. We just had to turn two backpackers away because they weren't married. So and they then do two romantic book movie tropes in one where they're like fake dating, but also sharing a bed forced to share a bed. It's the one bed trope. A favorite. It is. I do like this trope. It, it is a fun trope. It is one of my favorites. It is always contrived. It never makes sense. <laughs> Hundred percent. It is the re- most usually the biggest reach of the tropes. It's my this hospital is abandoned while I'm in- admitted to it in a horror movie trope yes. for romantic comedies. Yes. Yeah. Anytime a horror movie goes to a hospital, I know one I'm gonna hate this next scene and it's gonna be impossible. But I'm here for it. Same with sharing a bed. <laughs> Why does that feel impossible to you? Because if you go to a hospital, there's so many people there all the time. Okay, oh, but like, what about a zombie movie where clearly all it had they had to abandon the hospital? That's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about like Halloween two, where it's like Lori's like in the they're like someone paged the one nurse on this four floor hospital, and you're like, sir, that hospital has been abandoned for thirty years. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I feel like my favorite in that is people sleeping in the hospital because i don't know if you've ever been in the hospital long enough to need to sleep there oh yeah it's impossible to do so they wake you up every hour it's so terrible don't do it don't go if you can avoid it i mean sometimes you don't have a choice babe. sometimes you sometimes you gotta sometimes yeah. there's a zombie apocalypse and you gotta find a cure anyway so they they start to get settled and she takes a shower and he watches her through the curtain and you're like ooh. Uh, Then they argue over the bed and he takes a shower while he's in the shower. The lady that owns the Airbnb is just like, 
or just B and B, I guess. Yeah. She's like, oh, we're having tripe for dinner. And she's like, tripe for dinner. Great. <laughs> tripe is cow stomach. Yeah. It's usually left over after all the other cuts of meat have been taken. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I wouldn't start eating a cow from the stomach. So I believe that. Not unless I was trying to eat my way out because it swallowed there, me. There you go. Yeah. Right. Because it's dangerous. <laughs> Think about it. Because that's where you would be. My grandfather used to eat tripe <laughs> and sometimes like in soup and stuff they'll use it i'd try it i want to sample the local cuisine i'd tripe it you you may have Nailed if you've it. ever had pho that's kind of like beef pho sometimes it's similar cuts depending on where you got your pho. i like um fruit tripe gum so all right that's how you that, that is how you pronounce that yes yep that's also how why it loses its flavor so fast because it's been digested already already by the four stomachs of the cow that makes sense exactly but so she's like, oh, you know what? You should have my husband cook. He's an amazing cook. And this is when they go murder one of that woman's pets. When she said my husband cook, which I understood why she said that because like they're playing the ruse so they can keep the room. But like that was the first time I remembered hearing that he could cook at all. Yes. Well, he made her that sandwich. But a sandwich and coco vin are two very different things. I make sandwiches every day, Paige. I ain't no cook. You know what I'm hey, saying? I make cocova every day. <laughs> I mean, hey. Don't think that's true. Oh, does Factor have a cocova option? <laughs> they should. Cocova is delicious. And Mikey, if you had bought that Dutch oven, like I told you to, you could make cocova as much as you want. Mikey doesn't need to buy a Dutch oven. He provides one nightly. I don't fart. Ladies. Here's, and this is Paige's fucking cookware corner. Because they go out into the yard and they're like pulling carrots. And this is where she just like out of nowhere trauma dumps about John Lithgow. And she's just <laughs> like, two jobs after school. And you're like, oh, so it's trauma? Okay, where did this come from? But then they take everything inside to prepare it. And this is just personal pet peeve. They definitely did this so that it would look pretty in the movie. But he puts the cocoa vin in the oven in a glass dish. Nothing wrong with glass dishes for casseroles. But you make cocoa vin in a Dutch oven so that you can start it on the stove and then move it to the actual oven after. Now, maybe you're thinking, well, they didn't know and they didn't have a Dutch oven, except there are multiple Dutch ovens in the kitchen they are cooking in visible on the screen. <laughs> it drove me nuts. I know it won't drive anyone else nuts, but it drove me nuts. But doesn't it feel like the movie's trying to be lazy on purpose? At a certain point, yes. That's why I like really <laughs> loved it. And I, I'll be honest with you, I cried twice in this movie. But I also feel like it is a very low effort. You cried in this movie? Mikey, twice. I also feel like that this is a very, like, like it's a monument to low effortness. Whatever therapy you're going to, it's not working. It totally is. I literally have more access to my emotions than I've ever had in my life since the accident. You should not be crying at this film. This is, something is wrong. Mikey, Mikey, remember that Todd has problems with feeling emotions. That's why he needs the wheel. So really, yeah. if Todd is crying, that maybe is better. <laughs> yeah. Let's spin the wheel and find out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what emotion do you have today? I feel horny. But also inquisitive. Yeah, we were Ooh. talking about roosters and eggs. <laughs> Part of a balanced breakfast. I can't <laughs> believe you even felt emotion in this film. Like it's. I did not either because it did not seem like real people. The first time I cried was actually when it's about to happen. When they go into that wedding and we hear the other couple exchanging vows. 
Her vows made me cry. Jesus. It was fucking sweet. Okay, but those vows are a well-known... I know. I, it's a, it's like, like a It's poem. a well-known poem yeah, that yeah, I've yeah. heard multiple times. So I was like, that is sweet. That's nice. I did not cry. <laughs> Straight up cry. This movie is the beige of movies. Yeah, that's fair. There's a reason I like pumpkin spice lattes, guys. I like pumpkin spice lattes. Because they're delicious. That, what does that have to do with any of this? It's basic. I like I like it, but it is basic. They're way more exciting than this film. There's spice in them. This movie is not basic. This movie is boring. Yes, two different things. Oh, disagree. Pop quiz. Oh, shit, I'm not ready for this. Name four facts about the main character of this film, Todd, go. She has red hair. She only wears heels. Nah, that you learn about her personality. That you learn about her personality. Jonathan Lithgow seems like a great dad, but Turns out to be a fucking douche. That's a Jonathan Lithgow fact. Shit. She's got red hair. <laughs> I'm not saying it's a good movie. In fact, like, I think it's great in its laziness. I The laziness bothers me so much, especially with a big budget. That just makes me angrier. I mean, the budget's not like nuts, but it is inexcusable. But you could have made three rye lanes for the amount of it, couldn't you? You could have made way more rye lanes. Fuck this movie! <laughs> Wait, uh, let me look. I forget what Rylane cost, but I, I don't remember. It was like five million, I think, something like that. No, it was a little bit more than that, but not much. The budget for Rylane was three point eight million. I'll just tell you <laughs> right now, the budget for this movie is nineteen million dollars. Oh go, my god! Go fuck themselves. There's that's not it's not on the screen. It's not on the screen. <laughs> Wait till I ingest it for a inflation page it's gonna make you so mad let me guess 38 million because this is like 2010 page yeah so 19 million dollars today is 26.8 million dollars okay that's actually not as bad as i thought it was it's still bad because it's not on the screen it's bad for how this movie looks and the script and yeah and the and the green screen work yeah and the all of it yeah all i'm saying this is why i get mad about laziness in movies because there are people for 3.8 million making movies that ain't lazy that are great that are not going to be seen and this movie's going to get a wide release and that's fucked up i could make this movie with that camera right there that i'm you yep. can see on my zoom and it like, would look with better you, it would probably look about the same tbh because these are dslrs too but like sure <laughs> like i could shot i could have done this movie for three point for three million dollars you you could absolutely make this movie for three million. the problem is it wouldn't have amy adams in it it wouldn't have like some of these names here's the thing are they adding anything to it the biggest name is only in it for three minutes this is her worst film yeah because here's the thing no shade to amy adams i have loved her in other things she is a good actress she's amazing and like arrival and shit like she's great this movie gives her nothing so like it could have been anybody like it really could have been. Yeah, because it's like a, it is just the formula. Yeah, it is just that. Like when you go to Amy Adams IMDb, this is not one of her top four movies is all we're saying. Of course not. <laughs> this isn't a top four movie for a person who's only seen four movies. <laughs> it occurs to me that I don't think Mikey knows what the four movies I'm talking about are on IMDb. Like, no, I know what you're the talking things about. That, the top four movies on IMDb are the actors top four movies 
not their favorite four movies. No, no, no. He knows, but he's saying not only would this not be in her top four of the things that she made, people who have only seen four movies and were asked to pick four would never pick this. Thank you. That is the premise of the of the laughs. Where it's like, I'd rather have no movie. <laughs> I've only seen three movies and something else. I'd rather pick Last Starfighter twice. <laughs> like, First off, I will aggressively defend The Last Starfighter. It's good for its time. It was a, it was ahead of its time, frankly, possibly. When they hit that button and just start spinning and shooting, I cried a little bit. Those are my favorite episodes of Mystery Science Theater. Anyway, so they feed everybody their cocova, including the Italian tourists who proceed to have a Todd and Natalie at Chewy's moment. <laughs> it's not their fault, though. They sort of get kind of awkwardly forced into it because the purveyors of the B&B like kiss and they're no like that's how they them to like lick the back of each other's oh, throats no. from the inside yeah, like no i think they're like way overdoing it which and the mouth sounds the mouth sounds this kiss is terrible it's weird it's awkward it's just so bizarre i know mikey right now is talking about the kiss between our two main leads but what he's saying also applies to what we were actually talking about, which is the two Italians kissing. So I'm going to allow the interruption. No, no, no. He was talking about the Italians, but he was going to say that the kiss that was really gross was the one you had at Chili's. Chewy's? Chewy's. It was definitely Chewy's. I wouldn't be caught dead at a Chili's unless it was the one downtown by Vanderbilt. Well, there was more tongue at Chewy's. Anyway, so they practically have sex at the table. Like, she's definitely jerking them off underneath. A hundred. I mean, it was that kind of Airbnb, it was the, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> It was an Air HJ. It was the B&B is for boobs and butts. Uh, But so the people that own the B&B have kissed. Is that what it stands for? Bed and breakfast is what it stands for. No, I know. I was just hopeful. The Italians have violated all of our eyes. And then they're like, now you guys have to kiss, 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 kiss. Kiss. Kiss her on the mouth. Kiss. It's real awkward. It does have like the whole energy of the scene has a very like frat boy energy. Yep. But it's like old couples just trying to like make this younger couple kiss because that's what the Italian guy really needs to finish it off. You know what I'm saying? He likes to watch. Well, I mean, that's the poly community and that's what it's like. I think that's what I've read. You know, he thinks wink. All I know are the poly friends that I have and the wildness that I have seen on From Couple to Thruple. <laughs> I have to see this show based on the name alone. I had no idea they could show that kind of shit on Peacock. I got through the first episode and I was like, I need a break. <laughs> I'm enjoying that show. It's nuts. So they kiss and she clearly is like, oh my God, that was kind of a good kiss, which we never really saw her kiss Adam Scott. So like the movie's throwing shade already and he ain't even had a chance to demonstrate his skills. Adam Scott's like just... He's a he's a pretty good guy. He's just a busy surgeon. Yeah. Yeah. He's he, with a catering side business where he's having sex with the girl from Mean Girls. Uh, no, I'm kidding. Lizzie Bourdain. What's her name? Lizzie Kaplan. Lizzie Kaplan. Not yeah. Lizzie Borden. That's the one who gave her mother 40 wax. Yeah, exactly. Anyways. So they go upstairs and they and he's like, it's wet in the shower. Can I sleep in the bed? And she's like, OK. And they like toss and turn, toss and turn, toss and turn. But the movie tries to make us think that it's romantic and we know this because they score it to Cass Elliot's Dream a Little Dream. Yeah. Arguably the best version ever of that song. Uh, but it is not romantic, except that they wake up the next morning 
kind of spooning. Sure. It's a small bed. They're asleep and it's like a full bed. He's just resting his hand like on her shoulder. Yeah. It's, it's not even real good spooning. It's not good spooning. It's like silverware drawer spooning, you know, where it's yeah. like they're in their own compartments. I mean, based on the spooning we're seeing, we know there ain't going to be no forking in this movie. You know what I'm saying? I thought it was weird he was jerking off, though. <laughs> and by he... Mikey means the Italian man who had snuck into the room. <laughs> Who's like, yes. Miss Goosey, Miss Goosey. <laughs> <A> spoon harder. <laughs> Use the bigger wooden spoon. Uh. <laughs> Mussolini. What? That's the only Italian word Mikey knows. <laughs> it's my favorite pasta. It's real fascist. It does sort of sound like a pasta, though. Like, <laughs> I like the joke because I was like, fuck, man. I bet that's a really nice cut of noodle. The key... To preparing your Mussolini is you have to hang the noodles first before you cook them. Before they get a strong foothold. <laughs> I finished off the last of our ravioli lasagna that I made the other day, and now I just want more. I'm not answering any lasagna questions, Todd. Don't you fucking dare. <laughs> no, Paige, I'm not going to bring up okay. the stupid, if you stack uh, lasagna, is it one Thank lasagna you. or two lasagnas? We all know the answer to that. It's two lasagnas. Sure, that's an opinion. My question is very different. Okay. When you stack one ravioli on another ravioli, does that uh -huh. make it lasagna? So, no, they just call it lasagna because that's the easier way to say I put a bunch of ravioli in a casserole dish with sauce and cheeses and baked it. God damn it. That sounds so good, though. Like It's really... Well, and you have to get the good ravioli from like the refrigerated section so you don't have to cook it. It cooks in the sauce yeah, as yeah, you yeah. bake it. Yeah. It's fucking delicious, man. Easy, too. I fuck with pasta sauce stuffed with cheese like that is my jam and i added some of my homemade ricotta to it and fresh mozzarella on the top so it was all burbling god damn you bitch your facial expression was like you were hearing a good riff in church a good riff yeah like why is Jimi hendrix at church <laughs> so jesus walked into a bar oh i love this riff <laughs> yeah 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 what what happened next yes and he should have been looking out none of the 12 disciples told him it was there like you're supposed to help the guy he can walk on water but he can't see everything he ordered one loaf of bread and <laughs> one fish and then fed the whole restaurant really pissed the manager off but you know what we all ate oh <laughs> <laughs> you know what sucks is like when jesus went to the bathroom and the bartender was looking for like Who's going to pay Jesus's tab? Peter was like, I don't know that guy. <laughs> I don't know him. He told, he said three times. He was like, I don't know him. Yeah, three times. He's like, I don't fucking know Jesus. Get away from me, barkeep. Judas picked it up. He had some money on him. Well, Judas was a priest. But he also had the three pieces of silver. He tipped, too. Uh -huh. He tipped, Paige, too. Paige is speaking my language. She speaks the Mikey. Well, do, you th do you think you'd sell out the Lord and Savior for 30 pieces of silver? Because, like, that's probably worth some money now. No. No. Probably not the literal Lord Jesus. Can I make an argument? Sure. I would absolutely do it. Because... It has to happen for him to become what he becomes. That's fair. It's a part of the process. You're like, no, I'm stealing to help you. Yeah. <laughs> You're welcome, everybody, for allowing Jesus to die for your sins. Good Lord. Oh, Judas is a terrible guy for giving me salvation. You're welcome of. for heaven. Everybody <laughs> loves John the Baptist because he baptized Jesus. Nobody gives Judas credit for like literally being a key player in your own salvation. Most important snitch in history. Hell yeah. <laughs> you know what? Your arguments sound. I would snitch on y'all much, le much less Jesus Christ. I mean, my God. 
Jesus literally Christ. your God. Yes, Mikey. Yeah, literally my God. God. We love you, God. <laughs> yeah. How dare you bring up my favorite breakdancer or whatever that guy does. Serving Mike. I don't report my neighbors for smoking pot. I'm not going to report Jesus for being the Jesus, you know? As long as Jesus puff puff pass, why would you? Pass the Bible on the left hand side. I can't believe you didn't go with Burning Bush. <laughs> well, no one wrote a song about passing weed back and forth. Oh, my God. <laughs> you pulled a Mikey. Todd broke his mic stand. Todd broke his mic this time. Eat it. For the record, I did not break my mic. I broke my mic stand. And yes, it is broken. So I'm going to have to hold this. Like a I don't even know how I did it. You gave me so much shit when I broke my mic stand recording. I just want to I just want to sit here and enjoy this moment. Well, in his defense, you've done it twice and put your computer on top of a car and spilled water on your computer and broke your headset and the new headset still cuts in and out. Well, I am a clumsy person, but I broke that computer was I destroyed that computer. <laughs> I'll see that computer in the square and circle. Having to fucking hold my microphone like it's 2018 in the pod law. <laughs> okay, so she calls her fiance the next morning and he's not like, there's a search party. He's just like, oh, yeah, you. I remember you. Uh, he's like, you're still stranded? Weird. <laughs> weird. You're still here. I gotta go be taken to dinner by uh, Stryker or whatever medical manufacturer is putting on this conference so they can literally bribe surgeons to sign million dollar contracts it's an industry i've uh, had some familiarity in look look abbott lion is giving out free meters, and i gotta be there for that meters. is that a thing uh, i probably butchered it yes oh svig sphygmomanometer nailed it which is uh how they measure your blood pressure meter. Okay. It's the squeezy thing. Anyway, Declan overhears it and is just like, oh, after one day of knowing me, she's not ready to break up with her fiance. Right? Yeah. But it's Sunday, which means there's no trains. And so they have to try and get to a bus. So as they're walking with their suitcases, it starts hailing. They duck into what they think is an empty church to get away from the hail, but it's the middle of a wedding. So they just crash a wedding for no reason in the middle of this movie. Well, it is hailing outside. I mean, like, it's hailing outside. But then they go outside for the reception. Like, I understand the initial, like, oh, no, I'm so sorry. But then they stay for, like, five hours. Yeah, I think Paige's issue, rightfully so, is that they stay and crash the wedding. Yeah. It's not that they seek shelter during a hailstorm. That makes sense. Correct. Sanctuary, even. But, like, yeah. to then hang out at their wedding although the couple does seem super cool about it but like that's a weird move i mean that's very generous of them considering exactly, that yes. depending on what your wedding cost that that could be a couple hundo bucks <laughs> for those people to be there unless they have people who didn't show up and you know whatever it doesn't matter it's still because she moments ago was like i gotta get to dublin i gotta get out of this place Oh, but no, we could hang out here for like five hours. Right? She could have walked to Dublin by now, guys. Yeah. Anyway, she accidentally kicks her shoe at the bride's face and spills red wine on her dress <laughs> and then goes and gets drunk just outside in the wet grass. And they have the cringiest moment on the grass where she's like, by the you're lake? a real beast, whatever, lake, grass. It's it's shot so bad you can't tell. I think it's grass by the lake, Paige. I think you're right. Who can tell? You can't even see it. I thought they were at the two towers. Wait, what? It's shot like Lord of the Rings. <laughs> oh, I was like, no, dog, this is 
this is way post 9-11. This looks like it was shot like in the nighttime and they didn't know how to light it. So they're like shadowed in the foreground. Paige, you're only saying that because you can't really see either of them at all outside of their silhouette that's on the lake. Do I think that that's a strong choice for this moment? Yeah, it's also a weird choice. It's a real weird choice. I felt like they had 30 minutes to capture this scene before they went back to their like hotel and just enjoyed their Irish vacation that they were on. Clearly that they had embezzled all this money to make this film <laughs> to have a really nice Irish vacation. Uh, because this whole, the dialogue of this scene makes, it's weird. She's like, with your beastiness. And then she barfs on him and he's like, okay. Well, they get really close to having an actual unforced, I'll say, kiss. Sure. But she throws up on his shoes. Right. And so he carries her to town. Yeah. Where is town? How far is town? We have no idea. Moments ago, we were nowhere near town and then they wake up on a bench in town. Yeah. For the record, they're not like all the way in Dublin. He just took her into the local bus depot or whatever. Whatever the local town was. Yeah. yeah. But like she wakes up on him, like laying down on him, like in his lap and he is like asleep on the bench so he's supposed to be asleep on the bench but like he is sitting straight up like his head's not even that far down like a scarecrow yeah <laughs> it looks honestly like he was murdered in stage yes he does not look asleep agreed 100 percent. anyway she gets up and doesn't wake him and then leaves we don't see exactly where and then he wakes up realizes she's gone and sees a bus driving away and then she we see over his shoulder comes up with coffee behind them and then she has this like sweet moment where she sees his disappointment and like not no longer being with her. I thought that that was kind of a sweet little moment. So I would have if they had not shot the moments where they are like maybe realizing their feelings for each other so strange because they're just wild close ups with no background other than the sky yeah. lit like the opening credits to a telenovela. No, it looks like Good and the Bad and the Ugly when they're like in a standoff. Because it, it was just like her with the wind kind of blowing and she's just staring. And then it's him with just sky and he's just staring and they're both way too long. And you're just like, what am I supposed to be inferring from these blank stares? Romance, Paige. Romance. It ain't there. It ain't in, it ain't in this movie. It's not. It's not. Anyway, they go on the bus together because at this point he's like, well, am I still going with you? And she's like, yes, you have to deliver me to Dublin, which I think is her way to just make sure they spend more time together. Oh, yeah, because she's like fully falling in love with this person. Who And I will say Adam Scott is not the most considerate boyfriend, but he's not a bad guy. No, he's not a bad guy. But anyway, they get to Dublin and she's like, oh, she's here. Isn't she the woman who broke your heart? And he's like, yeah, the lady in the picture. In my notes, I just have, look at this photograph. <laughs> <laughs> photograph. I can't believe that you remembered that photograph that like you, you saw five days ago or whatever. Yeah. Isn't Dublin the biggest city in Ireland? I, I, man, I don't know a lot about Ireland, but it's definitely like one of the big ones. It is. Us? <laughs> I, be I believe it is quite large, yes. Ireland, all I know is you sunk the Titanic and like your <laughs> cities are silly. Mikey, they didn't sink the Titanic. That was Iceland. I'm sorry, their poor construction worth ethic. Their poor work ethic sunk the Titanic. I would say it was the hubris of the designers. I think it was the aliens from the XCOM video game. But that's like me saying like, can't go to Florida. That's where my ex lives. I mean, you shouldn't go to Florida anyway. <laughs> I have to for work a lot. 
I don't love it. I like the beaches. Anyway, look at this photograph. He said he's got the mama's ring. Oh, yeah, because uh, Kaylee has the Clotter ring that is like our guy leads moms, I guess. And it was the one thing he would have grabbed from his house in a fire. And he asked Amy Adams that and she couldn't come up with an answer that's going to come up later. Anyway, I was so mad that Amy Adams recklessly pulled the fire alarm for this. That's when I started to like her. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. I like that you're coming around to my side. No, I'm here for the chaos. This is a crime, first off. You can't, that's for emergencies. Mikey, yeah. I realize we're looking at each other on Zoom, but you're a real fucking square right now. You know what I'm saying? His head's always been a square. I have a large head. I meant the box he's living in. Man. Yeah. <laughs> well, what if someone got hurt? Or what if next time they don't take the fire alarm seriously? We get it, Grandpa. <laughs> if you can't pull a fire alarm Look, for love, when can you pull it? You know, that famous Bon Jovi lyric? <laughs> Anyways, so he goes with her to the hotel because she's like, there's probably an ATM there. I can get you the cash. But it's definitely because they don't want to leave each other. Yeah, I mean, they both definitely do want to stay together from this point on. Yeah. And she goes and gets the money. He won't take it. He just wants the coin they flip for the bed. And he flips it. And I think he was heads or tails if he was going to kiss her. I think that was him deciding. But the movie uh, doesn't telegraph it well. Man, I wish that they had because that would have been a, a, a sweet moment. I really I really did love that all he wanted in payment was that specific coin. Yeah. Because what it meant between that. I thought that that was super fucking sweet. Although to pass up what is today like a thousand thirty three dollars. Yeah. Especially if like that will cover the debt that I'm about to get fucked by when I go back to my dingle. Yeah. Like I would definitely take that money, honey. Yeah. And honestly, she owes him. She was a nightmare through a huge portion of that that time. She has yet to not be one. Uh huh. I love her. She's amazing in this. Adam Scott shows up and is just like, oh my God, bestie. And he's like, by the way, why aren't we married? Will you marry me? Like literally Declan has to fucking watch the whole thing. Ugh. Dude, he just like leaves. He does. Like, I he, would. Before she answers, she looks over to where he was and he's gone. And He's gone. Uh, Paige, I would 1000% also be gone. I'd be like, yeah. shit, I caught feelings this was stupid. Yep. She was always going to marry this like rich fucking doctor that all yep. she wanted was a status symbol and financial security. Like she's never going to go for a guy who lives 3000 miles away and owns a pub that's failing. Like I would be saying all of that shit as I'm like just beelining it back to my dangle. Yeah. And we do briefly see him run into his ex like a scene or two later after they get engaged. Well, we see him call her. And I think the movie is saying that in this moment, he's like, no, I do love her. I'm going to get this ring and then go find Amy Adams or like, I'm going to get this ring back and maybe be open to the possibility of finding love. Maybe it's just that. But yeah, there's no way they don't bone down that night. There's no way they don't. Well, you see, they forged three for the Irish, seven for the Dwarfen Lords, right. five for the Elves. And one to rule them all. How dare you bring my Lord and Saruman into this. It's not, this movie's not filmed like Lord of the Rings. It's filmed like The Hobbit. That is such a specifically accurate burn that I'm here for. Because I do think, much like The Hobbit, feels like a hollow money grab ripoff based off Lord of the Rings. And don't come at me because I know Hobbit came first. I'm talking about specifically the movie. I was about to correct you, but okay, the movie, yes. Yeah, like this movie feels like exactly that for like 
a Romancing the Stone kind of movie. I think I just want to watch Romancing the Stone again. I do too. We got to do the sequel. What happened to the gator? Didn't it explode? They killed it to get the stone, guys. I was going to say, like, murdered a gator murder that, that gator? movie. Fuck. He wears the boots at the end, right? Yeah, he does. God damn it. He's a classy man. <laughs> anyway, uh, we cut to her having a like a housewarming party in her fancy new apartment. And this is where we find out from Adam Scott that he's like, oh, yeah, I mean, the the co-op board called us and basically implied that they would rather that we were married because they like to rent a married couple. So that's why I asked her. But we would have done it anyway. Right. Like, yeah, we were going to get married at some point. And she takes this to be like, he doesn't love me at all, which is madness. I do think it's insane. I also think like and I don't mean this is like an insult. So please don't take it this way. I don't think that Adam Scott is at all focused on emotions or like, yeah, I don't think he has much going on for him except for his very like crazy job. Yeah. Like he is a surgeon. I do think he needs to find better work life balance. And like maybe because of that, they shouldn't be together. Like I, I don't I'm not necessarily saying they should be together in this movie, but. I don't think he's that bad of a guy. Same. And I even think in this moment, he is acknowledging that like, fuck, I hadn't thought about this, but like, why aren't we married? We've been together right. four years. I love you. We moved into this awesome place together. Like, I just think it is him showing that he's maybe a little bit aloof in their relationship and not like a super villain. I do think that instead of giving her the earrings, that super thoughtful gift he does at the beginning yeah he should have like revealed the infidelity or it came out like at that dinner right right like yes i gave this to a mistress or uh i'm leaving you to go to harvard because i don't think you're smart enough to go to harvard like that kind of shit <laughs> yes but like there there needs to be something that makes that guy a villain for it to make sense that she's gonna leave literally her dream man right for a dude she spent three days with in ireland <laughs> I'm just saying, maybe for once, I want the other man to be a true, true villain of like. I same. I, you like, know what I did? A war crime. It turns out he was on <laughs> Epstein's Island. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> While you were in Ireland, I accidentally ran over a family and left the scene of the crime. Oh, my God. A full-blown family of five. Three died. And it's she not who you would think. <laughs> no, it's Matthew Broderick. <laughs> I didn't realize Matthew Broderick was the lead in this. I also, it's not its not who you'd think. Three of the family members is what I think. Why would it be? <laughs> the baby lived, baby. I, that was my first thought because I couldn't run away. Oh, fuck you. <laughs> I don't know if these will work, but like, what if he made COVID, you know? Oh. Fuck, guys. Matthew Broderick did kill someone in a head-on collision in, in Ireland. Ireland. Yeah. It yeah. was Ireland. Yes. Yeah. I thought that's why you said it. I was like, well, no, I, on the nose. Uh, they, the Irish drive on the wrong side of the road. I mean, what are you, a drunk American movie star? Or just a drunk American in general. <sighs> I'm sure we're responsible for a fair amount of it. But wouldn't you like a movie that changes it up of like, oh, that makes someone a true villain? Yes. Yeah. I do think it would be a wild swing to be like, like oh, what happened to our dog? And you're like, oh, I <laughs> beat it to death to after it ate the shoes. <laughs> what happened 
to our dog. I beat it to death. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like instead of like, I get you earrings. You know, like I need some true. Yeah, I want to hate this guy. I took the dog to Claire's and got its ears pierced. I'm a true villain. <laughs> Isn't it adorable? <laughs> but guys, like his like true villain moment at that first dinner is. Hey, I didn't buy you just one diamond. I bought you two. And she's like, this is the fucking worst relationship I've ever been in. Like, it's insane. But then he was like, they're blood diamonds. And I was there when they got them out of the earth. (laughs) I was there when they got all that blood to make the diamonds. It's only child blood. I'm going to say these were purchased and not trafficked. These are lab grown. So it's fine. We know we're good. We grew them on the backs of labs. We do test on dogs. (laughs) That's... I don't know if you know this. Like that's what the bears is doing. No, they're doing it on bears. Bears. Yeah. <laughs> is that the company? Is it the diamond company? De Beers. De Beers. De Beers. De Beers. De Beers. De Beers. Guys, it's fucking midnight. I've been working literally since eight a.m. I'm like, Same. what if she showed back up at that pub and was like, he murdered my father, John Lithgow, with a <laughs> knife in a drunken rage. It didn't work out with him. Mikey, if they had dropped that as a line of dialogue. <laughs> I, it would be and one not of a shut. top 10 movie for me God at that damn. point. That's as good of a reveal as Remember Me. <laughs> yes, that's what I need. That's what I need. That's what I need. No, no. If this was Remember Me in this montage of where like he's getting the pub going. She is at this party and is about to pull the fire alarm because she is just full chaos. He would get out of the pub get into a car and that car would explode and the movie <laughs> would be over. That's what this would be if it was Remember Me. Love it. Just saying. But instead, she pulls the fire alarm at her own party yes. and everyone like leaves and Adam Scott, instead of like grabbing what he treasures most or whatever, starts grabbing like cameras and expensive shit. Yeah, the electronics. Yeah, and she's like, well, I guess... He doesn't love me, which is insane to think. Is he supposed to pick her up and carry her out? Like, what are they trying to say in this scene? Well, he doesn't want those images found by the authorities. Mikey, I don't think I can leave in any of the subway shit, okay? (laughs) I I respect the runner, but you're making this edit a nightmare for me. I think she expected him to try and make sure she got to safety. But I also think that there is a level of wild internal monologue that we don't get here. The the camera just sits on her where she like looks at the fire alarm. She goes to pull it. And in her mind, she's like, what truly matters to me at the time of pain, at the time of anguish? What do I truly treasure? These crate and barrel candlesticks, these random wicker balls on the table. All of this is meaningless. This clearly wax lobster people are supposed to be expected to eat. I stare into the void and the void is beige tablecloths. I'm going to cut this together over her faces in this scene. (laughs) If a fire breaks out in my home, I'm going to grab the ligma. What's a ligma? I'm not going to lick your balls, okay? Lick my balls, (laughs) man. Eat it. I was also once a college student, Mikey. <laughs> we got her. I can't believe you didn't grab D's. <laughs> D's nuts. D's nuts. We should not be allowed to record this late. Like, what if she walked into the pub and was like, turns out he's a neo-Nazi. <laughs> what, Joe? Maybe Adam Scott was? Adam Scott. Yeah, it turns out he wasn't a surgeon. He was an alt-right influencer. Turns out he couldn't explain where he was on January 6th, so... Turns out 
his family name is Mangor. I mean, they are doctors, Mikey. Duh. Anyway, she flies to Ireland, shows up at his pub, and is just like, I'm just a girl standing in front of a boy making the worst decision I could ever make. You in, bro? And he, without saying anything, just walks away. And she's like, no, and runs out to the cliffs because this movie couldn't even come up with a reason for there to be a last minute conflict. They're like, I can't think of a line. Just have him walk out of the room. And then he comes back with the ring. And I was like, of course, this is the dumbest thing I've ever seen. How, how, dare, how dare you rush through this scene this way? This is, I think, my favorite part. This is of real the time. She's talking about it in real time. I love this scene. It's so funny to me. Ugh. Because, like, she does do the, I'm just a girl standing in front of a pub owner or whatever. She does, like, have that moment. Because this is, of course, that movie. So, like, it has to right. have that moment. And it was that moment that he went through puberty to ask her to marry her. I would hope people aren't getting married at puberty. But this is the scene where she confesses the love to him in front of like all of the town that we sure. just also saw save his bar pub thing. Right, 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 right. Because they all brought their own money and like helped him pay off the debt. Anyway, so the whole town's there celebrating. She's there and like, your chicken's dry. So he comes out like, who yeah. the fuck doesn't like my chicken? Which I love. But like, anyway, so this is how the scene starts. Would you like them fried or fertilized, ma'am? Thank you, Flint Fossey. <laughs> but like, Amy Adams does have like this 30 second monologue. And then he just doesn't say anything. He just turns around and walks away. Is it like, give me a second or whatever? He just walks away like he thought the scene was done and he had to yes. go back to his starting cue. Does that make sense? And he's like, I'm going back to Crafty to get granola bars. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he's like, didn't you hear the lunch? It's lunch, right? I'm union. Lunch. So like, Well, and then <laughs> she leaves and goes out to the cliffs and I'm like, is she going to jump? Not before she says... What was that, like an Irish no? That's the worst joke in this movie. If I was in that bar and I saw that happen, I would have stood up and slow clapped like it was an 80s movie. Like that shit was insane that she said that in that moment. I can't, why wouldn't, why not just say, so I guess that's an Irish goodbye, which equally oh, fits in the scene and makes the sense. The thing that would have actually been funny and made sense. And, and made sense, yes. And I have is no a idea. thing. Irish goodbyes it's, are a thing. I've never yes. heard of Irish nose. It's not a thing. It's weird. I don't know who wrote, who did punch up on this AI? Like it's bonkers. I loved that she said that. I was so blown away by I it. I know that it was also... 2010 and AI was like I don't know running scantrons through machines or whatever. Yeah, like this like, wasn't this definitely wasn't AI, but it was the same line of thinking that made Now You See Me Two the title of that me movie instead of Now You See Me Now You Don't. Yes, Ugh. like it is like guys, there's a thing for this. There's a phrase. Why don't you just use the thing instead of like making up a thing? It's so weird. It's insane. And I loved it. Anyway, she goes to the cliffs and it's just, wish you would step back <laughs> from the cliffs, my friend. Uh, but he has the ring and he's like, I do want to plan things with you. Let's get married. Even though I do not know you, you are basically a stranger. But my ex, he invented fentanyl. This guy because doesn't need to be bad. This is the guy. This is not Adam Scott character. We need this guy to be, honestly, better than he is in the movie. Because the main male lead is like also sort of an asshole. You don't have to make him better if you make Adam Scott worse. Yeah. Come on, people. Get with me on if this. If Adam Scott had just walked up and been like, hi, nice to meet you. I'm Pinochet. <laughs> like yeah. 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 It would have been wild. He's like, you know what I love? 
dog fighting. Legal dog <laughs> fighting. I, you, you just like see Adam Scott take his shirt off to get in the shower and it just has like Michael Vick did nothing wrong with like a tattoo of a dog fight on his back. Or just like so many swastikas and you're like, oh no. It's like. How long was he in prison? It's like the opposite <laughs> of that scene with Edward Norton in American History X. He's like wiping the makeup off and revealing it instead of like trying oh. to cover it up. Just a full back tattoo, and it's a clown. It's whoop whoop, and it's just <laughs> no. You know, don't bring <laughs> the juggalos into this. It's chugging Fanta. It's Fago. Damn it. It is Fago. But if they did have one chugging Fanta, I'd be like, you don't, you ain't down with the clown. You don't know. I am honestly not <laughs> down with the clown. I've always been a triple six man. Honestly, some of their music kind of slaps. Anyway, and, and that's, that's the movie. The movie. Did we say they get engaged? Because that's a terrible decision. It is a terrible decision. They definitely do. Anyway, now that we've covered that, having seen the movie and having talked about the movie, what did you guys think about Leap Year? Was not a fan. Not not a huge fan. I think my words are my bond. I, actually, actually, can you edit out anything I said about pedophilia, Nazis, or <laughs> offensive Irish things? Mikey, I legit don't think I can. Keep the dog stuff in. I don't think I can. Keep the dog stuff in. But then you also got to cut out Todd thinking that eggs are made from like roosters bone and <laughs> eggs. I'm sick of you saying things like Todd thinks and not we revealed the truth. <laughs> How do the shells grow back? Just because you haven't done the research yeah. doesn't mean I need to educate you. <laughs> That's my emotional labor. This is your privilege showing that you A, don't know how eggs get fertilized and B, expect someone else to teach to you. To tell you. Unfortunately, Todd, in Alabama, it has been ruled that those eggs are people. Dark. <laughs> yeah. So, like, what did you guys think about this movie? I, they needed more chemistry to pull off the, the paint-by-numbers plot. It is very much a paint-by-numbers plot, yes. And I don't think they have a lot of chemistry. You're right. No, and it was weird that they made her so unlikable because it's Amy Adams. Like, how? why would you not like her, you know? It's got to be harder to make her this unlikable. Yes, than, actually, than to just yeah. have her be Amy Adams. Everyone loves her. I agree with, like, all the things you're saying. But, like, while I was watching this movie, I was so excited we were doing an episode on it. Because this kind of movie is perfect for this podcast. Because it is nuts. Yes. It's not nuts enough, though. I think it's so lazy that it's it seems like it's trying to make a point that, like, hey, listen, you don't have to work that hard, guys. But here's my thing. Charlie I, St. Cloud is bonkers. Yes, this is because nowhere it's near earnest. That. They were trying to make a good Charlie St. Cloud movie, and instead they put two people in an ambulance, and we lost our minds. I can't go back to that conversation. <laughs> Todd, just look to the right, and you'll see your brother. I can't <laughs> hold space for this conversation right now it is legit midnight it is 11:57 right now and we're talking about the best movie we've ever done charlie st cloud <laughs> but I, it was a dollar more to own this movie than to rent it, it i'm was. glad i bought it because i will definitely watch it again but it won't be like while i'm trying to pay attention to a movie because it's like it's a good movie to have on in the background although i'll say this from the guy coming in and saying, someone said your chicken was dry, all the way to her saying, put it on my bill, I was crying. Like, I was into it. Mikey's face is perfect right now. He looks like he is worried about someone's sanity on the podcast. 
I think it's his own. <laughs> anyway, should we get into fun facts? Yeah, Paige, let's jump into, into some fun facts. <laughs> well, hit us with your fun facts. Leap year, fun, fun facts. facts. So, Matthew Good, after this movie came out, was not very kind to it and claimed that he only took the role so that he could be close to London and go home on the weekends. It honestly does have that energy. It does. It does indeed. It's like summer camp energy. Yes. Uh, now, according to the director of this movie, the film is inspired by a 1945 film called I Know Where I'm Going, where a young English woman goes to the Hebrides to marry her older, wealthier fiance, and the weather keeps them separated on different islands. She has second thoughts. Maybe, but it is also planes, trains, automobiles, and romancing the stone. <laughs> so it's a million movies that are like this, basically. Yeah, this is a very formulaic movie. Yeah. At breakfast at the B&B, Anna is told that trains are not running because it's Sunday, uh, and the next day is the 29th. February 29th fell on a Monday in 1960, 1988, and 2016. Those are the only leap years where that has occurred. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Now, speaking of special dates, Adam Scott and Matthew Good have the same birthday, April 3rd. Okay. That is weird. It is weird. In the barroom fight where she's trying to get her luggage back, there's a painting on the wall behind Anna, and it is a like a cowgirl, but it looks a lot like her. And at one point they framed the shot just so you could see the resemblance. But it was just like per chance it looked like her? Yeah. Wild. Okay. Uh, in late February, typically in both Boston and Ireland, it is full dark by 8 p.m. In fact, it's usually full dark by 6.30 p.m. So Big portions of this movie that are shot in kind of a mid-twilight are wildly inaccurate for the time of year. Okay. But I'll end on this one. There's not a ton of fun facts about this movie, surprisingly. Um, but the number listed for Anna's social security number on her apartment application that we see in the beginning is 9876543220, which is oh not even the correct amount of God. digits for a social security number. That is <laughs> amazing. <laughs> And those are your fun facts. Well, think of those fun facts, Paige. Let's talk a little bit about box office. So we already talked about the budget, right? It's $19 million. And if you adjust that to today's dollars, it's $26.8 million. We already talked about that. What do you think this movie made in its opening weekend? And it was the weekend of January 8th, 2010. They didn't even release it near the leap year. Oh, God. What? type of movies do they dump in January, Paige? Terrible ones. Yeah. They, they dump the worst movies in January. This came out when it was supposed to. Yeah. On a non-leap year in January. Wait, was it out in a non-leap year? I don't know. Was there a leap year in 2010? No, 2012 would have been the other leap year, I thought. Because 2016 was a leap year. So two years early. Yeah. Or two years late. That's how time works. Yeah. It's really a flat circle. Stop saying weird shit, Mikey. Open, <laughs> opening week, I'm going to say this made $8 million. Okay. I'm going to say 900000 Oh, Mikey, please. This movie was <laughs> sixth in the box office the weekend it came out. It was beat by Avatar. That's how old this movie is. Uh, number two was the Robert Downey Jr. Sherlock Holmes. Number three was... Alvin and the Chipmunks, the Squeakquel. Number four was Daybreakers, and number five was It's Complicated, and then of course, number six was Leap Year. But it made $9.2 million in its opening weekend, even though it was six. I was pretty close. Yeah. Crazy, right? 
Uh, anyway, it was in the theaters for uh, a total of eight weeks. It was in eighth in its second week, but was never again in the top ten after the first two weeks. So what do you think it made domestically at the box office? 22. I feel like I remember people seeing this movie. I know one person who saw this movie. Yeah, Tabitha probably. Yep. Uh, so Mike, you said 22. I think I'm yeah. actually going to go 46. Okay. Mikey's way closer. Uh, it was $25.9 million. It made another 6.7 internationally for a total of 32.6 million dollars and if you adjust that for inflation that puts the total at 46 million dollars which is adjusted for inflation about 20 million over the budget of the movie again if you adjust both those numbers for inflation it also <laughs> made another 19 million dollars in home box office performance so this movie is actually made a good amount of money not a lot it didn't it wasn't like a hit or anything but it made money and that to me is funny anyway that's your box office so mikey you want to hit us with that romance scale yeah romance scale is a scale of one to four how romantic we found the film yeah i'm gonna go first today and say one and if anyone answers otherwise i will hurt you Paige says it's one with her fingers one yes it's definitely a one there's not much chemistry between them at all and that's our romance scale yeah so this week tabitha made us watch leap year and mikey she made us purchase leap year Paige, i think as we get back into the rotation it is your turn so what are you going to make us watch as we kick off a new month well i feel like i'm in like a charlie st cloud kind of mood oh, yes. like a movie yes. that's so earnest but nuts mm, and yeah. i found out earlier today that something that i have wanted to do on this show because it is crazy is finally streaming and it is only 91 minutes long with a star-studded cast from 2003 it's tiptoes Oh my God, Paige. What is tiptoes? Paige, don't say anything about- <laughs> I'm not going to tell Holy anything. Holy <laughs> shit. Mikey, would you do me a favor right now and bring up the description for the movie Tiptoes and read it? We'll I almost don't want- I just want him to watch it and then I want to see the texts. Mikey on a computer grabbed his phone to- <laughs> No, no, no. Don't read ahead. Do not read ahead. Read it aloud as you're reading it for the first time. Carol falls in love with Steven without knowing much about him. When Carol finds herself pregnant, it forces Stephen to expose a secret. Stephen happens to be the only average-sized person in a family of dwarves. A family of little people, I would say, yes. Mikey is just reading the description off I Wikipedia. I am reading yes, the I, I Wikipedia. understand, I yeah. understand, yes, yes. Including his twin brother, Ralph. Yes, played by Gary Oldman, pretending to be a little person. Across from Peter Dinklage, also in this film, renowned actor... <laughs> Peter Dinklage. That they didn't just give that part to Peter Dinklage. Wait, 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 wait. They made Gary Oldman stand on his knees. Matthew McConaughey stars in this. Yes. yes. And Kate Beckinsale with Patricia Arquette. It's a big name cast in a bonkers movie. A it big name cast in a bonkers movie that came out in 2003, but they filmed it in like 2001 because they tried to bury this movie. I haven't seen this movie. This will be the first time I've seen Tiptoes. 
But like based on the premise alone, I I would have varied it to or tried to vary it too. This sounds so offensive to little people, like so offensive. It is. It it, it is yeah. wildly offensive. It's really mean. They never should have made this movie. They give Gary Oldman fake legs through most of the movie. I'm so sorry. I just saw a picture of it, and it's so bad. <laughs> and my and Paige is gonna make us watch it and talk about it for the enjoyment of all you listeners. So your homework of for course. next week is to watch Tiptoes. The, uh, I'm going to say Gary Oldman vehicle. It's Matthew McConaughey vehicle, really. That's true, yeah, because I mean, he's the them, romantic but... lead. So, Mikey, do you have a, re- a review for us to read? Yes. Well, whose review are you going to read this week? Rusty Lursty. Well, I'm L-R-S-T-Y-Y. sorry, what? R-S-T-Y-Y. Yo, r- Rusty Lursty. Yo, Rusty Lursty. Uh, they say, <laughs> nothing but love. Just found the podcast and listened to my favorite rom-com, episode returned to me so happy you all love this film as much as i do can't wait to listen to you cover some of my other favorites like the cutting edge which we have done we have done the cutting edge that was my cutting edge love and basketball we, we have done love and basketball in their defense they did say they were a new listener guys something new which i think crystal picked that and and wimbledon which we have also done mikey that was your pick um, I have some good news for this uh, reviewer. Uh, <laughs> we did all of them. <laughs> yeah. Enjoy those episodes. Oh, wait, wait, wait. I think I missed. I can't wait to listen to some of my other favorites like and listen uh, to these movies at their Oh, fans. you son of a bitch. You uh, made us like shit on this reviewer who was like acknowledging <laughs> the fact that we had I, already done that. That makes way more sense when, you, when I inflection that tone. Uh, <laughs> one recommendation I have is 2013's Don Juan. With Scarlett Johansson and Joseph Gordon-Levitt, which I saw, and it was okay. Is that the one where he's a chronic masturbator? Yeah. Okay. I have seen that one as well. Five stars. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you so much for that five-star review. Let me read a Spotify comment that we just got today on our Rye Lane episode that came out yesterday. This one is from Darian, and they say, Y'all have outdone yourselves with this surprise pick. Great film. Thanks for the introduction. And I just have to give all the credit for that to Winter Spears, who was our guest on that episode, because she picked the movie and it was phenomenal. So thank it's you so, so much good. for that Spotify comment. And if you want to have Mikey read your review or me read your Spotify comment, leave a review or comment and we will do that. So, um, yeah, guys, if you like this power thruple that we have here on this podcast, make sure to check out our other podcast, The Horror Virgin. And that is the only other podcast that Mikey and I are on. But Paige gets around and she is on two other podcasts, Black Card Rehab and Cult Podcast. So, guys, definitely check out those because they're amazing. If you want to follow us on social, we are at Romancing the Pod Show. Yes. On Instagram, and we are at something else on Twitter who I just have never taken the time to learn it. It's just Romancing Pod Show because they have a character limit and it's show, S-H-O, like Showtime. So guys, check that out as well. And if you want to follow us all individually, Paige is at Rampage Wesley everywhere, including TikTok. Except for Twitter, where she is at Paige Wesley. Mikey is at M Randolph 24, and I am at Todd J Awesome everywhere. And guys, we got a P.O. box. So if you want to send us some love letters or whatever you might send to a P.O. box, it's actually not a P.O. box. It's like a regular street address. It's pretty awesome. It's 6688 Nolensville Road, number 108-34, Brentwood, Tennessee, 37027. So send us some stuff. Yeah. And that's going to be it for us, you guys on Paige. 
I'm Mikey. And I'm Todd. And you complete us. To completion. I want you to lick my corned beef. <laughs> what? Bye! <laughs>